here comes the minute the Jacksonville defenders. Hold on now. Wait a minute. <laughs> Welcome to the Minute Till Podcast. I am your host, the hot take hooligan agent K. I'm rocking with the cannabis analyst agent J. And this is New Era, episode six or seven. I'm sorry. It's seven. The and you already know. The Byron Leftwich edition. Which, bro, I didn't even do that on purpose. I didn't even do that on purpose. It just worked I'm, out that way. I put it together, big dog. Ugh. Ugh. This going to be a hell of a show, man. It's going to be a lineman-centric episode. So for those of y'all who don't show the big dogs no love, that's all you finna get today. It's a lineman-heavy episode because you got the big dog. You got the big dog. And we bring it in. Former Jacksonville Jaguar, one of the first, debatably, arguably, the first Jaguar to ever sign. Okay? Yeah. You'll have to ask him about that when he get on. But one of the first Jacksonville Jaguars to ever sign a contract. Big dog, the mangler, Greg Huntington, as well as former Marshall offensive guard and teammate of Byron Leftwich. One part of the most memorable moment in college football, Marshall versus Akron. We got it coming on. Uh, Joey Step, and it is going to be beautiful, man. So stay tuned for that. As always, you know this show is brought to you by the good folks over at the Miller Creative Group. CG, our group of talented designers, can take your ideas and create something special. Been needing to wrap your vehicle to promote your business? Or maybe creating new business cards to stand out in your field? Maybe you're looking to create a memorable gift for a friend. Call us today and speak with a member of our staff and let us handle your vision so you can focus on what's important. Call 904-771-5855 or visit mcg247.com for more information. <laughs> you like that? You like that? It's also brought to you by the good folks over at 904 Printing. <laughs> 904 Printing, your one-stop shop for all your printing needs. Flyers, business cards, banners, apparel, and more. 904 Printing has got you covered. Call for a quote today, 904-392-2139. Or visit us online at 904printing.com. 904 Printing, we're just better, duh. They, they just better, duh. Duh. They, they just better, duh. 904 duh. printing, man. Also want to give you a big <clears throat> shout out to the New Era Jags group, man. New Era Jags group, one of the dopest Jaguar groups out there on the market. You know I had to do it, Jay, because if not, <laughs> if not, <laughs> we was going to get canceled. We was going to get canceled. Shout out to Dave Cicero. That's my that's my inside source right there. Y'all who don't know, when I be getting the inside scoop, it's Dave Cicero over there. I'm, look, I'm, bro, I'm, bro, I almost shut this entire broadcast down. I thought you was about to say that's my end. I was like, whoa, 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 no! whoa, 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 what is going on? I just on? said we were how much, canceled. How much did Dave pay you to, to say that? <laughs> no, I'm trying not to get canceled, bro. We not getting canceled. <laughs> oh, but nah, man. My yeah. God. Bro, and that's crazy because we did like we literally did try to sh- do a shout out last week, but Yeah, that was crazy. That was the, crazy. The thing with having your own show, man, is just that you just sometimes you just have to go with the flow, like the structure right. of everything that's gonna happen. Like 
there's no post production. It's like we're going live. So if something turns, if something hey, turns, I, swear to God, I did it right. Like yeah. I had to go back and check the clip, and I was like, oh shit. But I do want to give a shout out to New Era Jaguars, to Dave mm-hmm. Cicero. I don't know about the chick he's got running the page with him. She kind of sized me. The uh, Michelle Callahan or something like whatever that is. I don't know about that girl. I don't argue the, with females cl- like that. Who was the who was the motherfucker with the clown? That's what I'm talking about. I don't know about that chick. Oh, but you yeah. know, Dave good in my book. So I'm good with Dave. I don't argue with non-binaries. But uh <laughs> outside of that, you already know New Era Jags is my favorite group to go to. Plus, yeah. you know, I want to give a shout out to my dog. He's been rocking with us since day one. Jerry Brown out there with the Jaguars. Let's go group as well. Yes, sir. Those shout two out of to my Jerry, favorite Jags groups. That's why I always go to get news and information or post uh, anything that we got going on because the fans in those groups are diehards and I rock with them for sure. I also want to give a big shout out to the Barbarians Battle Arena. They got an event coming up, Bad Blood 4, on June 26th. Let's see what that look like. comments as well make sure you check them out if you're in the battle rap even if you're not man go ahead and check them out because i promise you're gonna be entertained so i appreciate y'all for tuning in today man we got a hell of a show make sure you follow us on twitter at minuteal podcast yeah then hop over to instagram at minuteal podcast yeah youtube what you think that's gonna be jay at minuteal podcast switch minuteal podcast to join the facebook group minuteal podcast oh my god we keep it so simple for y'all make sure you hop in get involved let's rock and roll jay how are you feeling today my god uh i don't know man my hamstrings kind of bothering me (laughs) pet (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say great Hey. hey man, I mean it's okay. He he probably deserves a little day off. You know he's hasn't been being hit or anything. They said it was just tight. That's fine. Oh, yeah, it's they fine. said it was just tight. tightness. They say it wasn't even like it was. It was. It wasn't like a situation where it wasn't James Harden. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like he pulled up to do some shit. It was like, oh, let me get a body. It wasn't that. It was just, hey, you know what? It's kind of tight. Let's chill. So, so how do we? So how do we circumvent that? Does he just start to get um, a lot of massages? Right. Here. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure he's drinking water. Nah, he's not drinking enough. He needs. He, he drinking. Needs, he drinking South Carolina water, Jay. He needs massages. He drinking Jordan water. No, we don't need no massages. Yes, but that's no. the, that's AFC how South quarterbacks and massages. Do not go hand in hand. No, the Clemson guys, like, that's what Dabo taught them. Like, nope. You got to massage, massage. But he has a wife nope. now, so maybe she can massage him. Listen, he, he better stay away from them masseuses. <laughs> All masseuses that touch Trevor Lawrence better have them. balls and Johnsons. <laughs> but, but, no females hey, allowed to massage Trevor Lawrence. Hey, they be, hey, they be stalking, hey, they be stalking uh, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence's wife, bro. Facts. Like, yeah. like, like I follow her. Jaguar so fans, calm down. I do follow her, but I mean, 
I'm just not screenshotting. Motherfuckers just, they screenshot and screen record everything and put it right in the groups. Oh my God, Trevor was hanging out in his backyard. Look at him. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't have on shoes. Is that good? Is that, oh my God. Oh my God. Is that, is that safe? Is that Look safe? Is that Queens Harbor? I don't know if that's Queens Harbor. Do they have rats out there? Is that going to be safe for the quarterback? Man, shut yeah. up. Fuck. Oh. Uh, it is. Hey, listen. Listen, man. Hold on. Wait a minute. You ain't going to do them. You ain't going to do the fans like that. Listen. We be cautious, Jay. We got to be cautious with Trevor. Listen, we got cats. We know people that got got from posting on social media, okay? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We got to make sure Trevor is safe. So if we see Trevor go somewhere, goddammit, we got to go somewhere too. Make sure that Trevor's all right. Make sure ain't nobody messing with old Trevor. All right? Yeah, ain't nobody going to mess with Sunshine, bro. We got to keep him straight. We got to make sure Trevor is good, man. But, yeah, I was a little, you know, when I first heard it, watched the Urban Meyer interview and heard about the tightness in the hammy. I was like, uh, but, I mean, again, we know it because we live there, born there, raised there. That Florida heat is different. Okay? Yeah, it's hot. It's sweating. You get I don't a lot care of that. about South Carolina. <laughs> I don't care about Georgia. Florida heat is different. So once you bring your ass to Florida, especially you out here running around in that Florida heat, Jacksonville though, like that shit. This Jacksonville heat is different from South Florida heat. That shit is different from Orlando heat. Like this shit is, is this heat is, is reserved. Like yeah. it's like it's hey y'all, down, yeah, it's down here. It's like guess what? But we we need it down here because mm-hmm. there, like that's where that field comes from. That's when the players coming through and. It's just reckless abandon because, bitch, we practice it up. You know, heat index 115. The heat down there disrespectful. Yeah, it's fuck. It's disrespectful. <laughs> the heat about disrespectful as the people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We don't play about the city where the heat don't play about nothing. And it the loves opposing. And the, the heat, it loves opposing fans. I, I, that's the one thing I do love. It loves the opposing fans because they hate it. Motherfuckers. You know I love, I love our fans. And one of them fans will be one Jack Curry. Who's currently tuned in watching today? And it's my dog birthday. Okay. It's Jack Curry birthday. So Jay, go ahead and sing Jack a song. I don't know any songs, but okay. You know happy birthday, Jay. Happy birthday. Yeah, I've never serenaded a man, so I think you should probably take over that. <laughs> we'll call him Mr. President. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Jack Curry. Ooh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. You got to vibrate to kind of get the thing out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No. Happy birthday to my dog, Jack Curry, man. <laughs> Jack Curry, man. Shout out to you. My man is watching live on his birthday with the Live is Jaguar podcast on the face of the fucking earth. So salute to you, man. I appreciate you for tuning in. Shout out to Cynthia. What she say? We can call her Cindy, right? Cindy, yes. Cindy. Cindy, Cindy says she's been A1 since day one. So you already know I love it. I love it. I love it. I appreciate you, Cindy, for sure. Washington State Jag fan is in the building, man. Shout out Shout to him. Out. He is a transplant. Mm-hmm. My dog came over from the UCF Jaguar. Definitely. He came over. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cindy says she's been friends with Jimmy for years. That's what's up. That's what's up. Oh, Cindy says she a burner, Jay. She yeah, no, I, just, I got you, Cindy. Woo! Well, we're going to have a hell of a show today. We're going to get back to the news real quick. Let's talk about it, though, man. Let's talk about the Trevor Lawrence and, 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 the, and the whole entire OTA situation. Trevor sat down a little bit today, 
There was also four interceptions today. Mm -hmm. Four interceptions today. So what does that tell you, Jay? Are we that bad offensively? Or is the defense a little better than they used to be? Well, I can tell you they better be they better be better than they used to be because um I'm pretty sure we're gonna talk about that in a little bit, but we just got a new uh we just got a new buddy that we're gonna see twice a year. So our defense better be better than last year. Uh, we went through this before. I mean, if you remember Blake Borders threw five interceptions mm-hmm. in practice during the twenty seventeen season. Exactly. People went fucking crazy. That same defense. Oh my god, we were there. We were there. That we same watched defense Kelvin got five interceptions on Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. So Kelvin in a, Smith, in a AJ real game. Boyer, Tyler Patman, who wound up being very good, like a very good player with, in, in positions. Tyler Patman in that defense, he was pretty good. Those guys were picking the ball off, and mm-hmm. uh, they painted this huge thing about it. Oh my God, Bortles threw five picks, and it really wasn't Bortles threw bad passes that practice. He threw five yeah. picks to the number one defense in the NFL at that time. Yeah. So <laughs> let's relax. Let's re- First of all, Trevor got set down because of the hammy, okay? I think he threw two picks, they said, two pick sixes. They love to say that. They were pick sixes. We're not hitting. Yeah. What you mean they pick sixes? If you think Visco wasn't going to hawk somebody in and, and RKO that bitch at the one, like DK Metcalf, you out your mind. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear that shit. The defense, the defense is in a good position right now because they can jump the routes. They can do those things. The defense is supposed to do their job too. So calm down. Let's not start with the, oh, my God, Trevor threw two interceptions. I don't know who threw the other two. I'm assuming it was Gardner slash Bedford, or maybe it was just Bedford. Who knows? Because I know they said Gardner had a pretty good day today. Mm-hmm. Gardner was back into it. Um, But, I mean, you know what? Since we're talking quarterbacks right now, I think it's no time better now than ever to go ahead and bring in that segment. QB1 Ty Jackson with that out-of-pocket life. You out of pocket, you out of place, you out of pocket, you out of place, you out of pocket, you out of place. But you out of pocket, you out of place. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Now I gotta bring in my guy and hope for no connection issues today. Cause he done <laughs> upgraded on their ass. QB1, Ty Jackson in the building. What's going on, baby? He ain't got no sound. He ain't got no sound time. What the sound at? You got to click on the, oh, no, you got to click on the settings or something. You got to approve it. Oh, no. We was just on it earlier, too. We did a test run and everything. <laughs> you got to click on the setting at the bottom. Hey, now, let's see. Talk. Nope, you're not there. Hold on. I'm going to hop you out. I'm going to bring you back in. We're going to remove you. We're going to get time to come back in a second. This is hilarious. This is hilarious. My dog can't catch a break. Cindy said, I like the sunshine nickname for Trevor. And, oh, let me just say it's fucking hot here in Jax. Yeah, it's hot, man. Um, I saw some people. Now, this is funny, right? Let me ask you how you feel about this. Speaking of the sunshine nickname, I saw some people say some really silly shit like uh, Blaine Gabbert was sunshine. And look what happened with him. Let's not use that nickname with Trevor. He doesn't even look like that guy. Shit like, come on, bro. I also saw somebody say that Saxonville should be retired along with Calais Campbell. Yeah, no. because Calais isn't here, and he was the mayor of Saxonville. Apparently, once a mayor is no longer a mayor of a city, they have to change the name. Yeah, I wasn't away. All right, let's yeah. try it again. You good now? 
No, <laughs> we like. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I swear to God, he's looking like a player with him. I promise. <laughs> it's a setting button at the bottom right of your screen. You should be able to click that and then go to go to like audio input and adjust it. <laughs> Once you figure that out, wave to me. We'll try again. So, like we were talking about the quarterback situation, they say Gardner Minshew had a pretty good day. He was mm-hmm. out there kind of throwing that thing around a little bit, slinging it. They say he looked good. Um, Urban Meyer spoke on it. Urban Meyer said that he believed that uh, he believes that um, Gardner's competitive nature and his overall ability and whatnot uh, that was showcased, uh, the ultimate competitor is what he referred to him as. He said he told that he's still a leader on this football team and he really likes it. So for those people who felt like Gardner Minshew wasn't going to be here next year, I think they need to, you know, reconsider that because the writing's on the wall that Gardner is going to stay around at Jacksonville, I think, unless a trade offer comes. Yeah, no, nah, that definitely makes sense. I mean, I don't expect him to not be good or not compete. He knows he's the backup, but he knows he's been in this position before. He just knows he got to be ready. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I think it's crazy that we they still are why is this happening again <laughs> the whole friends thing the the post it did it again yeah. it did it again even though everything else was public okay look on facebook comments just fell in through the chat a ton of them yeah yeah because of the public thing i had to mm-hmm. fix it so i mean you 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 feel garden is going to be here next mm-hmm. year yeah, no, I feel he's gonna be here throughout the. Uh, I mean, I, honestly, I hope he's here for a couple of years. I mean, I want him to get a shot somewhere too, but at least build that up a little bit, learn, get in the system. Hopefully, we can. Uh, if the team does better, he'll have a better shot of going somewhere else and doing better too. Mm-hmm. There we go. I think I think I fixed it now. I think I fixed it now. There we go. All right. So I I reshaded in some of those groups. I appreciate it in some of the groups. So if you're in those groups, sorry, I'm not spamming. I'm not spamming. <laughs> I'm just I'm just putting it back in the group because now the public, you know, it's been transferred over the public. Let's try Ty one more time. <laughs> Yo. No. Nope. God damn it. It sounds like he's in the pocket. There's no sound at all. No, there's no. It's, it's like your mic isn't on. That's what that's what I'm saying. That's not me. I didn't mute you. I swear to God, I didn't mute you. I swear. He hey, said, tell him. He's saying that it says that the host is muted, though, but I don't know. No. I promise. I promise. Oh. <laughs> the mute button is not on. Yo, I think it's hilarious. Let's jump to the comments real quick while we wait on time to see what's happening. All right, hold on. He back. Let's see. How about now? Yeah, the shit telling me the host hey, got to mute. Hey, you there did, though. You did that shit. I swear to God. <laughs> you did that shit, Kenny. I am not hazing you, dog. Yes, you is, dog. Jake can see thing. it. This is Jake. the last week of that shit. <laughs> this shit has to stop. <laughs> this shit has to stop. Because you know, you know I smoke. And, and, and that shit got my nerves bad. You got to stop that shit, Kenny. Hey, hey, my dog say, out of the comments, Oh, Robert Ross say, uh, you got that Boost Mobile reception, so it was yeah, you, bro. Yeah, you was that. They don't know you got, your, you got my shit muted over there. It kept, it, a, a little yellow screen kept popping up saying the host has you muted. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, I promise. Look at this. Watch this. Jay, 
Hey, if I press this button, can you see it? Can you tell it that he muted right now? Does it show you he muted? Okay. Now you not now you could be heard. Now I muted you. Yeah, I can see it. I can see when you do it. No box ain't pop up, right? No little box. It's it's telling me that you're doing it though. What did the little box pop up? What what box? Ah, you said a little yellow box popped up. Hey, you out of pocket, man. What's up? So how would it, how you feel about this uh this OTAs man? They coming in, they saying Trevor got a little hammy tightness. Okay, that's normal. That happens. Um, but looking back, and now they're talking about the defense today, right? And, and Urban Meyer says strongly, like this isn't a win or loss deal. Now you know, as a former player, when we going up against the D in practice, oh, a hundred percent. If we whooping that ass, we calling it a W for the day. Believe that. Right, right, um, right. So the defense comes out today with four interceptions. Now, as a quarterback, do you feel that there's a, we should err on a side of caution there? There's something to be nervous about, or is that just a great day from you know a group of guys to get paid to play too? If, if, I'm gonna say this, and I used to tell you this in practice: if our if your defense doesn't get any interceptions, that's something to be worried about. Because if you can't stop our quarterback, how the hell are you gonna stop you know Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or you know anybody else? So I mean, it starts in practice. So, I mean, we got a good quarterback. They intercepted the passes from a good quarterback. And, I mean, Gardner returned yesterday. And, you know, they got a couple off of him, too. So, that means our defense is on point. That's what we need to be applying, the defense. Don't we? Not, I'm not worried about our quarterbacks. I think I, I'm, I think Trevor Lawrence is fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not concerned with him. I'm not concerned with him. Now, how do you feel about that, that whole uh, – yeah, you see that right there? She said, give it a blunt. Right. Talking to, talking to you and you. You know what? Right, right. I'm in a whole nother room, so y'all can roll up as many times as you want today because y'all ain't finna get me again. No respiratory rape this time? No respiratory rape today. I'm in California. (laughs) Hey, guess what, though? You know what? I remember when he wouldn't even burn. Todd was a quarterback with the dreads. Ain't smoke. He used to come up to the car, get on me and Jimbo about it. He'd be like, hey, man. He was an athlete of athletes, bro. He was like, I'm telling you. Todd was ESPN. (laughs) I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, I stopped for a minute. Yeah, but now shit. Hey, it's back. But yeah, like I um what's talk up to me about the Mitchell situation. What's what's what you what you feel about the Mitchell situation? <clears throat> I think I t- I told you this about I told you this on the first episode. We don't we shouldn't trade Gardner Minshew. Why trade him? Right. Who do we replace him with? Yeah. Trevor Long got to have a backup. I mean CJ Bedford. Yeah. Nah, nah. Did you, did you see that picture with CJ Bedford, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Gardner Minshew with some dude at a bar somewhere? He got a picture with all three of them. Did you happen to see that picture? Yeah, we had Nah, but for the longest, I thought CJ, I thought CJ was a fucking kicker. I ain't gonna even lie. <laughs> CJ is shaped like a long snapper. That boy yeah. got a belly hangout over his pants. He ain't mm-hmm. got that. He ain't got a cut on his body unless it's self-inflicted. That Damn. dude there. Bro, that is a that is a dad bod looking motherfucker right there. He does not look like a professional athlete whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out why he's here. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. I think just I guess to have the to have the depth. I'm guessing just depth, just to have a, a third guy who's at least played in the league. But it's just like so as soon as they sign him, everybody's like, oh, well that didn't mean shoes. I'm like, that don't mean shit. I never seen CJ Brother do anything. He knows how to hold a clipboard. He was in a Kyle Shanahan offense. 
the uh, so. He sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sucks. He sucks. He But I think it. But I think it's all. I think he's just there for mental. I think he's just there for for playbook and to help. Probably just help. Really help Trevor get a little bit better because he's probably he's probably a smart guy, but he he's there to help the defense get better. Yeah, scout team. Scout That's team what he's there for. He's a scout team quarterback. Hey, yeah. He Mitch. Yeah, yo, he, old, he, yeah. he Mitch the old head. I know what I'm talking about. He missed yeah. the whole head. <laughs> he hey, he, he, hey, he Mitch with the ski mask on before the game, the purple ski mask. <laughs> Fucking clown, man. Yeah, man. Mitch was 47 he years old. <laughs> he was Mitch was 47 out there playing oh, semi pro, man. Oh, oh man. Boy. Hey, for the love of the, hey, for the love of the game, right? Smoking Newports on the oh, sideline, 211 in a water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, what what else, man? What's going on? There's a lot of quarterbacks going on, uh, quarterbacks at camp right now, things going on around the league. Who else out of pocket right now? We're going we gonna to get back to your boy, Aaron Rodgers. We got this thing again. A-Rod decided he don't want to show up. You're going to do one or two things, A-Rod. They're going to either trade you or you're going to quit. You're going to have to pull a Barry Sanders. Point blank period. You're going to have to just retire Cause you don't like what's going on, and try to come back maybe two years and come back to another team. I don't know, but right now, dude, you completely out of pocket at, at what thirty? What are you thirty six, thirty seven, thirty seven? I believe. Yeah, yeah like you got probably three, probably two more good years, and you're gonna need to retire anyway. So, yeah. groom the young quarterback. Go, go to Las Vegas. Go to the go, go to the Raiders. Finish your career out over there. Yeah, he said. Well, I don't think he. I don't think he was bullshitting when he said he don't want <laughs> that. He potentially don't want to be there, like, cause he could, cause he could retire. I mean, shit, he don't really need to prove nothing else. I mean, I'm pretty sure he wants another Super Bowl, but shit, you got one. Most motherfuckers don't even get close to getting one. So, right. <laughs> so that's straight. It's just I don't know, bro. He couldn't work with the last coach. He couldn't. Mm-hmm. Now is he can't work with the front office. So it's just like. Can y'all just mutually, de- uh, you know, decide to do some shit? But like I said, I don't. Yeah. He definitely needs to be in whatever team he's on. He need to be in camp. But shit, if they're gonna do something, they need her to do that shit. That Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. If I'm the Green Bay Packers, doesn't play it down to football again. You either play for me or you play for nobody. I'm not trading you. I don't want to <laughs> get nothing for you because at the end of the day, you're not going to get anything worth Aaron Rodgers. Like, you're never going to get compensated enough for a future Hall of Famer, Super Bowl quarterback <laughs> with a uh, former MVP just recently with gas in the tank. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Car value depreciates the moment you drive it off the lot. Well, that's a $100,000 car. He's not about to get $100,000 for that car. You're about to have to trade that thing in, and you're only about to get partial value. So mm-hmm. instead of going and taking that thing to the dealership and just getting a little bit for it and possibly having to play that man again later down the road and deal with that shit, nah, big dog, go ahead and sit down. Go get your $12 million from Jeopardy a year. Mm-hmm. Go do your little host thing. It clearly <clears throat> wasn't that important to you anyway. Green Bay did a – I mean, you got to look at what Green Bay did. Green Bay moved on from a legend for you. There was another old guy yeah. exactly in your position who same wasn't age. ready to move on, same age, and brought you in. He wasn't ready to go. He wanted to stick around there, not go somewhere else. He wanted to be there. <clears throat> and uh, they they moved on from him for you. So look at what Green Bay has done for Aaron Rodgers. And now you can argue the roster situation. 
But I still think that's arguable. Aaron Rodgers has had players. He has one of the best receivers in football right now. And I heard somebody earlier today, I don't remember the player, but it's a former player said uh, he will always believe that a proven player is better than a draft pick. Okay? So uh, when we're talking okay. about proven <clears throat> professional players, the Packers have proven professional players. The issue is they haven't drafted him the guys that he wanted, and he has an issue with that. He wanted help, and they haven't They haven't drafted him help. I mean, mm-hmm. when the last, who was they put on the offense after they picked uh, Devontae Adams? Who? who I mean, you got they? Aaron Jones. You got Devontae Adams. Now you got the after, other after, running back. After, who the after, other running back? After them. Who, yeah, who the other they running back they just got <coughs> last year? Quazilla. Um, uh, but, shit. The running back from Wisconsin. Well, they're not getting no, they're not getting offensive linemen. They're not getting receivers. Receivers, yeah. Like, all that most of, most most of all their picks that they've been they've been spending all their picks on defense. They and the problem and that and left and tackle to a big huge deal. They got his left they got his left side protected with an all star. They inked him to the big deal. They paid him. Aaron no, Rodgers getting paid. You got the best receiver in football. Yeah, but they have they, one of the best running back backfields in football now. What's but the they problem? But they haven't been investing. They need to be the same way. They need to be investing in that. As in, that doesn't mean just throw all the money in it. That means throw some picks at that shit too. Because you gotta. I need to have three or four guards in this motherfucker until we can figure out which one is going to be the one. Have you seen the Packers defense? We almost beat the Packers. Okay, yeah, and like I we said, we went out spent, there with a terrible offense and almost beat the Packers. Yeah, and you, so and they're like investing said, to get that defense right. They're right. They just did that this year, though. Like I said, they I, just did that this year. They they spent yeah. all them draft picks on defense this year. Yeah, but did they need it? <laughs> yeah, but they probably should have been doing that. Like I said, they've been they would go and they would go and pick like obscure players and don't they fuck the pick they pick the quarterback the year before. I was about to say, let's be real, because that's what it is. It's the yeah, quarterback. They drafted the quarterback pick. the year before. It's that pick. But we just sat here and had this conversation about Atlanta. And we're we going to get to that in a second because they out of pocket. I'm going to say it for you. Atlanta's out of pocket. We're going to go there next. But, look, we said it about Atlanta. We said it about New Orleans, Pittsburgh. New Orleans is a little different because of the situation. But Pittsburgh, mm. the Patriots, Tampa Bay, all of those teams guys, who had yeah. the old quarterback. We said mm-hmm. we said Atlanta shouldn't have drafted Pitts for real. They should have jumped out of grab fields. I know Pitts is a generational talent, future gold jacket wear. I believe you. I agree. But if Pitts is who he's supposed to be, Matt Ryan still has gas in the tank. Julio Jones would have still been there. All of those guys, all that talent, you're not going to be in the top five next year. If you are, somebody should get fired. You have yeah. all that talent. So you're not going to really, be in position to draft that I, quarterback. Because I think that's what it boiled down to was that Julio was probably – he's probably tired of playing with Matt Ryan. Like that – it, it has to be that. Julio doesn't, doesn't like Matt Ryan. He doesn't like, like him. They, they had disagreements last season. He said Julio sat out of games. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember? Y'all don't remember him sitting out of games and shit last year? Like, like they had issues. He was then it was an issue. You know, he Matt Ryan and and uh, what's the other receiver? Uh, the, the young receiver that they got. Calvin, Calvin, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, yeah. Him and Calvin Ridley, they good. Calvin yeah. Ridley was getting more balls. Julio, you know, he got hurt and they threw him. You know, he was damn near like a third receiver almost. Yeah. yeah, that's why he wanted yeah. out of it. And Julio finished with 700 yards and three touchdowns. So, you yeah, know, we're here now. We're I mean, here half, now. Let's I mean, he played half the season. He, did exactly he only had he three does. touchdowns. But that's exactly. what he does. He, but he doesn't score double. He's not a double digit touchdown guy. He breaks, exactly. He'll break if I a long one. 
if I read off Julio's touchdowns for y'all for the last like six or seven years, you're going to think it's some third option receiver on insert random team here. Julio is Julio. I'm not saying yeah. he's not. And it but Julio hasn't he, been Julio. Well, he breaks long touchdowns. I mean, they have he's a possession he's yeah. receiver, Lou. Like, he's a third down guy. He, he, I mean, you can't take nothing from him. When you gonna use Julio? What do you use possession receivers primarily, though? But yeah, but they have, but they've had running, though, right? but, but they've had running backs too. I mean, so they had Devontae Freeman and then Todd Gurley. I mean, these guys were, run, were scoring touchdowns in the Those league. Regular ass running backs, though. They're not. Huh? They had, yeah, but but that's because Julio get them down there, and then they run the ball in. Yeah, it's, like, it's like when Fred Taylor. It's like when Fred Taylor was getting all those rushing yards, and then Mojo was getting touchdowns. Well, on, we don't see win the MVP. That was years ago. But, but, wasn't, but Julio, wasn't Julio the number one receiver in the league that year? Look at Julio's. Yeah, years ago. That's what I'm saying. You, we talking about Julio, old Julio. Julio. But, you, but see, you're just talking about the touchdowns. Look at his numbers. You, I'm you talking about in, touchdowns. I don't care about yards. He played in half the games. Points. We had, had this conversation. Yards. We had this conversation before, though. He only accounted for three touchdowns. He gave you 18 points. That's it. He was hurt. hurt. How many games did he play? But, okay. No, we're going to go to it. Hold on. I I wanted to do the other thing first. So, Atlanta, we said, okay, so Ty Gurley had nine touchdowns. Valid point then. Valid point with that. Ty Gurley got him nine. It's not 10, but it's nine. And he only had 678 yards. So, for what you just said, that would make sense. Julio got him down there. Gurley punched it in. We can go with that. We can go with that. That's a that's a valid argument. But let's go and look at Julio's stats and what he's done. He hasn't been getting you touchdowns in a long ass time. Julio Jones statistically is a single digit regular ass scoring receiver. Julio Jones has given yeah, you but one, he's a, one double digit touchdown season. Yeah, but he but but for a career, he's averaging like thirteen hundred, damn near fourteen hundred receiving yards a season. Like, oh. come on, bro. He played it. He played it nine games this year. Has seven hundred yards. That's Your on pace. That's on times. pace. That's that's on pace for what he did. Look for what he did in twenty nineteen. He played in fifteen games. He had thirteen hundred yards, thirteen ninety four yards, and six touchdowns. Like bro, the, the, eight touchdowns, ten touchdowns. Great season. Okay, two touchdowns, six touchdowns, eight touchdowns, six touchdowns, three touchdowns, three touchdowns in a sixteen game season. Okay, eight touchdowns, six touchdowns in a fifteen game season. What are we talking about? Six touchdowns in a fifteen game season. Okay, when you when you when you count touchdowns, okay, let's say this: we can count touchdowns because touchdown points points win football games. We know that, Mm -hmm. dude. This man in two thousand nineteen, he had ninety nine receptions, thirteen hundred yards. Two thousand eighteen, he had one hundred thirteen fucking catches, Kenny, sixteen hundred yards. In his best year, he had had one hundred thirty six. Dude, he he for for four. No, we gonna say from twenty fourteen all the way up. To 2019, dude, he averaged over 1,200 yards receiving. Yeah. Are you, what, what, Bro, he, had you 18, he had 1,871 what? yards and eight touchdowns. He had 1,871 yards Ooh. in 2015 with only eight touchdowns. That doesn't yeah, they, add up. They went to the Super Bowl. But it doesn't yeah. add up. He's catching 13. He almost 13. had 2,000 yards. <laughs> let's, 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 let's say this. Let's say this. How many yards is needed to get a first down? 10. So we're saying that same season, right? It's 10 yards. So every catch that he's making, every reception that he made, he averaged 13.8 yards a catch. So he caught 136 fucking first downs, Kenny. Yeah. 
He has never averaged less than 10 yards a reception. He's absolutely right. How is that not production? I don't he's, understand. I'm not saying he's not productive. I'm telling you that when I Probably see Julio Jones on the field, I am not that scared. Everybody is terrified right now. How many other receivers are doing it? I don't know. I'd have to look at the stats. I mean, like, no, no, none of them are averaging. I don't have numbers, a producer. Like, I don't have a producer. I need a producer. If you're currently tuned in right now and you'd like to be a producer for the Minuteal Podcast, who can look up stats on the go, please right. in, inbox us right now. Minuteal Podcast at right. gmail.com. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm, gonna look, I'm looking at the comments. I'm telling you right now, Cindy. If 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 fifteen hundred if fifteen yards of catch and fourteen hundred yards season is has been then uh, then, then we then we need some then we need some has beens on this. No, team. we don't. Be, no, because because if you look at our if we want to talk about receivers, we look at our receivers. But we, yeah. but what's the issue? Okay. Because I'm just saying, like, there's a complete there's a difference between Julio Jones and anybody that's on our receiving core. Right. Julio Jones, I think y'all misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying Julio Jones is not effective. I'm not saying he's a bad receiver. What I'm telling you is, let's look at DJ Chark's numbers in 2019, his Pro Bowl year. Uh He had 73 catches Mm -hmm. for 1,000 yards. He averaged Mm -hmm. 13.8, eight touchdowns. He didn't even get double-digit touchdowns then. But he did Mm -hmm. that on 73 receptions. That's it. Mm -hmm. So he had less receptions, the same amount of touchdowns. So he's a he's the same scoring threat, bare minimum, as Julio Jones. Correct? On a bat. So DJ Chark gives oh, you the God. same value of scoring as Julio Jones, right? Scoring, yes. Yard production, no. Okay, that's okay. I'm just talking about scoring. I'm just talking about scoring. Who else? Who else we want to look at? Who else? What you want? Visca? Yeah, yeah I mean, we can't do Visca. He's, he's too young. He didn't, like, he didn't I said, do like I said, there's nobody else. I mean, the man averages, his numbers scoring are not impressive. That's all I'm saying. He's not coming over here and giving oh, – you know what? How about this? Allen Robinson. Let's go there because we wanted yeah, Allen Robinson. I was about to say that. You was Allen Robinson. Let's go look at Allen Robinson. I'm just saying, bro. Because Allen Robinson plays, got paid off plays, in 10 seasons. Look, you know he plays us twice a year, right? Who? Julio Jones. Who? So, Oh, yeah, Julio plays us twice a year, so you're going to have six touchdowns. Probably good. in two games. Yeah. Good. No, he's gonna have six touchdowns total the whole season. No, in two games against no, us. Not at all. <laughs> not even a chance. <laughs> in two games against us. Hey, I'll tell you this. That Tyson Campbell, that Tyson Campbell pick looks a whole lot smarter now. Yeah, yeah. That Tyson Campbell pick looks a whole lot I like I like the I like the speed, but eventually we gotta see where the where them boys at. I don't know where they at. Allen Robinson's only had one double digit touchdown season. Yeah, it's with Blake Bortles. So he only had that 14 touchdown season. Yeah, and that was the Pro Bowl year. Uh huh. That was his only Pro Bowl. Yeah, Allen Robinson. So you know, I'm not saying there's no validity to wanting Julio to the people who wanted Julio, but to the people who think Julio's gonna be productive in Tennessee, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is when they post a picture of Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry, I'm not, I'm not shaking in my boots. I mean, I'm not that. You know, I mean, I don't fear no man, so I don't give a fuck. But the problem, but the problem is. There's guys on the football field that play for the Jacksonville Jaguars that are going to be fearing that man. They, not, in that I mean, they <laughs> yeah. not in that secondary. Okay. Who? All right, bro. Who, who in the is, secondary? Who Who in the secondary has proven that there's a reason why they're here right now, bro? We gotta We, we gotta see if the defense is gonna do what they're gonna do. But Jack Griffin, Jack Griffin, I don't, see, I don't, I don't know nobody. I don't know nobody who can stop Julio on our secondary. Shaq. No. 
Shaq one-on-one. Stop it. He's faster. Way faster. Julio ain't got wheels like that no more. Excellent route runner, possession receiver. He going to catch some of the 50s, 50-50 balls. But it's also Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, yeah Ryan Tannehill. I'm not worried about it. I'm just saying I understand. I understand what the fear is. Like it's still, it's still Julio Jones. Third and eight is hunted our secondary for a couple of years, and Julio Jones being in our division is going to either make us step up or it's going to continue to hunt us. Well, you're talking about a whole different scheme now, too. Exactly, it's a whole different defense scheme, right? So hopefully we can, you know, counter what we've been running into. But third and eight, and look, and look, and look, and that's the thing. That's Julio Jones is the least of my fucking worries when it comes to the Tennessee yep. Titans. Derrick Henry is the word. <laughs> also, I also want to say that Julio's own, Julio hasn't even started half of his career. He's missed games in sixty percent of his career, sixty percent of seasons. So yeah. he's he's he is not he is not Superman out here. He has been hurt. He has that Band-Aid on him. You know how when they create the player on Madden and they put the Band-Aid <laughs> yeah. on him and he stays hurt? Yeah. Yeah. He got the Band-Aid on him. Yeah. He's missed games in six seasons. So I'm just saying, like, this. listen, I think the Julio trade was great for Tennessee. I think it's good. I think it gives them something. It's it's sad that they had to go out and get Julio Jones because they were that scared of Tim Tebow and what he was going to do in the offense. I feel him. You know? I'd be, be scared of Tebow, too. My thing is when they say when you say he's missed games in in seasons, we gotta look at it. the man played thirteen games, sixteen games, five games, 15, uh-huh. 15 games, sixteen games, fourteen games, sixteen games, sixteen games, fifteen games, nine games. That's not fucking injury prone. He's missing games. Yeah, people miss games. He's missing games. I'm just saying. Don't say nothing about talking about sixty percent. He ain't missing sixty percent. You take 10 seasons, he's missed games in six of them. That's 60%. So, he's yeah, he's missed a, one. He's missed at least one game. And almost uh, every game where he's missed, every every season where he's missed is where he's he, missed bro, a ton of touchdowns. 15, bro, 15, bro, most of those 15-game seasons and 14-game seasons are rest. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, bro, they're resting, bro. They're resting, they're resting going into the playoffs, maybe. bro. Maybe. Know, maybe the bit, you know, we get hurt like that. Pull the audio. He don't, don't know how like about. that. No. Bro, 15, 16, 14, 16, 16, 15. That's all in a row. That's 2014 to 2019. Wait, yeah. What game we play Julio this year? Ah, damn. Who schedule that? I don't know twice. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be at one of them. I'll be at one of them. What's the schedule say? Early. I'm proud that. I know we play. October. Oh, yeah, kids. October. What week? Oh, what happened? Oh, I thought we you lost her. I ain't do it. I heard kids. I thought you pulled them. Oh, oh. I thought you. Uh, week one, week two, week three, week four, week we five. Them October. So, oh, so he gonna play? So he gonna play four games and get hurt this year? Cause he gonna get hurt before he play us. I, so, yeah, I love it. I love I'm it. Just telling you. Man, listen, I'm not worried about Julio. I love it. I'm Julio is Julio, and he's back at it like a crack at it. <clears throat> I'm not worried about Julio, man. We would have seen Julio either way, too, because we got the Falcons, too. The Falcons coming to Jacksonville, so we would have seen him either way. We got to remember, man, he's got Ryan Tannehill throwing him the ball. He's got a brand-new offensive coordinator. We don't even know. I want y'all to think back to the Cleveland Browns when they got OBJ, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Landry. Insert fire-ass tight ends. There was two of them and Joe Koo, the other cat, forgot the other boy name. 
and they had a good offensive line. We looking at them on paper going, holy shit, the Browns about to kill everybody. The Browns couldn't do nothing in that first season. Oh, yeah. that, the coaches were terrible. They was good, they on, good on that. Yeah. But they, the coaching staff couldn't do it. You got a new offensive coordinator coming in. Mike Vrabel's favorite play, power eye halfback dive. That's it. Yeah. So it is what it is, man. But I appreciate y'all for tuning yeah. in, man. It's the Minute Till Podcast. It's brought to you by the good folks over at the Miller Creative Group. Got to pay the bills right quick. CG, our group of talented designers, can take your ideas and create something special. Been needing to wrap your vehicle to promote your business? Or maybe creating new business cards to stand out in your field? Maybe you're looking to create a memorable gift for a friend. Call us today and speak with a member of our staff and let us handle your vision so you can focus on what's important. Call 904-771-5855 or visit mcg247.com for more information. Oh, Miller Creative Group. I love them to death. I also love my dogs over at 904 Printing, your one-stop shop for all your printing needs. Flyers, business cards, banners, apparel, and more. 904 Printing has got you covered. Call for a quote today, 904-392-2139. Or visit us online at 904printing.com. 904 Printing. We're just better, duh. 904 Printing. They are just better, duh. So anybody else looking out of pocket to you right now, man? Um, At the moment, let's see who else we might have. No, nah, I mean, New Orleans got a situation. I'm waiting to see how that's going to work out. I kind of feel like if Green Bay would have made a move, they should have traded Aaron Rodgers to New Orleans. To me, Jameis Winston is trash. I'm going to say it live. He's like crab man, crab cake, crab leg ass. Like he's garbage. Like he's not NFL quarterback material. Like I think he should play arena football. But, you know, they got um, Taysom Hill. To, uh, he's still there, so – I'm waiting to see how that's going to work out. But I believe that they might be the team to make the move to try to get Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know what they're going to be able to offer Green Bay. But other than that, um, at the moment, man, we, we're in a situation. We're waiting to see what's up with Deshaun Watson. Um, no word on him at the moment. So uh, everybody else is is looking good. Um, Lamar Jackson, I wanted to say that um, I've been following the Ravens, no training camp, and he's been looking amazing. Yeah. So – um, I'm excited. He, Trevor Lawrence, been looking pretty pretty good as well. So it's interesting. We got it's a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> I think it's gonna be a real good season. So I'm just ready for the preseason to start, so we can definitely see who's really out of pocket. Because right now everybody is hidden behind those curtains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate you for coming on today, man. We had us a successful segment with Ty Jackson, QB yes, one sir. finally. Yes, and my man wore the right jersey. I mean, it's close. <laughs> it's still Leonard, but it ain't Jalen, so we cool with hey. it. It's, it's a throwback now, Definitely. man. Definitely throwback one time <laughs> for, for for Super Bowl Lenny. Yes, we sir. shouldn't have got rid of Super Bowl Lenny, so we definitely still rep you here, Lenny, for sure. But yo, man. no more hey, no more hazing, man. It's the end of that shit. Like this the last week. Wait, you just you all sound. We can't hear you. What you were saying? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that's Ty Jackson QB1 without a pocket, man. We appreciate it for coming on. 
That is my guy. We're gonna stop messing with Todd, man. Let me leave Todd alone. <laughs> hey, I'll just play it. Bye, Todd. Hey. So that was QB1 with Todd Jackson, man. I love that dude, man. Ooh. Come on, he gives us a little bit of different insight. Y'all already know. So this is the Minute Till Podcast, man. It's brought to you by the good <laughs> folks over at the Miller Creative Group. Make sure you check them out online at mcg247.com or on all social media platforms at mcg247. Miller Creative Group, discover the one source difference, as well as the new era Jaguars group. Dave Cicero, my insider. Dave Cicero has a girlfriend that works at the stadium. He has to. That's how he gets all the information he gets. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. He has to know somebody who knows somebody who walks the dog for somebody. Or he's, at the, or he's doing unmentionable things to people maybe in that Dave, office. Maybe Dave Cicero is Gardner Minshew's burner account. Mm. Maybe that's it. Maybe Dave Cicero is actually Gardner Minshew's burner account. Yeah. And he's going to be leaking information, right? Because he's salty. Mm. So he leaks information and he tries to hide it by talking bad about himself. Have you ever seen Dave Cicero and Gardner Mitchell in the same place at one time? I have not. So I think it makes sense. I think we figured it out. Dave Cicero is Gardner Mitchell's burner account. It makes sense. Yes. It makes total sense. You know what else makes sense? That I'm a lineman and then I love <laughs> linemen. And then I, st- I went out there and I found one of the baddest linemen on the planet to come on and talk Jaguars football with me today. And yes, I'm going to introduce arguably the first Jaguar to sign a contract in Duval County. The That's one, crazy. the only, Greg Huntington. The Mangler is in the building. What's going on, my friend? Duval! Duval, yes, yes sir. sir. Yeah, can, can you – um? I always tell people I am the original Jaguar, although, you know, was the original 10. And when we flew in that day to sign our contract, I actually was the last guy in town, so I was the 10th guy. But that's so long ago in history, I can still just get away with uh, revisionist history that I am the original Jag. I, but, hey, let's, let's, let's go with it. For real. That's it. Anybody <laughs> ask me, I'm telling them that. If they say different, I might elbow drop them. Who knows? We might make it happen, Captain. Hey, on a personal note, something I'm really excited about, uh, the wife and I were flying to Cincinnati on Thursday. I'm actually being inducted into my high school Hall of Fame. I ended up finishing my high school at Archbishop Moeller High School, all guys Catholic high school. It was a football powerhouse, eight state championships, ranked number five uh, in the USA Today, number one in the USA Today. I actually was in Algebra two class with Ken Griffey Jr., believe it or not. He was a senior. I was a junior. Truth wow. be told, true, true story, he passed his math test over to me. I filled it out for him. I didn't get a hundred. I didn't get him a hundred because that would have been too obvious. And he paid me five bucks for that. But Ken's a really good dude. We used to hang out uh, after lunch and shoot some hoops. But I'm excited about. I mean, if I think the players about the players that went through there, um, mm-hmm. it's a real honor uh, for that to be happening. And you know, I'm 50 years old now, so I've lived life. I got a wife. I got three girls. So it it means even that much more to me. So thanks for having me on tonight. Hopefully, I can uh, be brief and amazing. Well, you already gave us some content right there that's unheard, man. That's awesome. And you know what? We're actually going to Cincy for the Thursday night primetime game. We have 20 Jaguar fans flying into Cincinnati from Jacksonville. We got a whole section out there locked down because I'm only about five hours away. So, you know, maybe I have to hit you. Maybe I have to slide down to Cincy for your induction ceremony. (laughs) You know, maybe I have to come get a press pass. 
and, and come shake hands with you. I'll be there for you. We'll see what happens. But um, no, that's awesome, man. Congratulations to you yes, on that. You. Uh, that's that's super cool, man. I appreciate you for coming on the show. You know, we had Definitely. Jimmy on two weeks ago. <laughs> it was amazing having you on now. Having guys like you, some of the originals, right? We came into the league. And uh, so quickly, we we had success. Yes. And it was because of players like you, because of players like Jimmy. Y'all came in here and you set a standard in Jacksonville. And it's almost crippling the standard that you set because when it's not reached now, mm -hmm. <laughs> we look at it and we, we, we get this, this label of a, of, a, of a decaying franchise because we can't reach those heights again. And, yo, you guys set the bar so high. And for so long, I mean, four years, right? Four out of five, we go out there, we're in the playoffs in our first five years, four out of five. I mean, we're doing things that new expansion teams just didn't do, and it's because of you guys and what y'all did. So, I mean, as a fan, thank you. Definitely. And thank you yeah. for being who you are, for being the type of person who interacts on social media. I told people, you know, our interactions before – and, you know, the stuff that I have back here because of you, the stuff yeah. that you sent me. And you didn't know me from Adam. You didn't have to do that. And we developed a relationship over social media and, you know, as men, you know, as fathers. And right. um, I just I appreciate guys like you, guys like Jimmy, who have no business even associating with us peons. But you still make <laughs> yourself regular humans to come down to earth, baby. Well, yeah, look, we don't view you as peons. <clears throat> the reason I am the way I am is because I – so value the fans and so appreciate the fans because, and Jimmy understands that too. Um, without the fans, I always tell everybody, we would just be playing a game of pickup football. There wouldn't be the big money. There wouldn't be all the celebrity status and all that kind of stuff. It's because of the fan. Mm -hmm. So when I have an opportunity to do things like this to where I can interact with fans or give back to fans that I'm more than willing to do it. So I'm, I'm happy to be on the show. Well, this is awesome, man. I really appreciate you coming on. And we got a few questions. Anybody who wants to ask a question to the Mangler, uh -oh. go ahead, drop it in the comments. I'll get those. But I got some stuff, man. I just want to talk Jaguars with you right now. We'll do that. <laughs> and so what, what I really want to know is because you're still down there. You know, I'm out here in the Midwest right now. But just talk to me about the energy in Jacksonville and how it mm -hmm. feels being an alumni and looking now at, with the way this team is going. What's the energy like out there in the city? There, there is a lot of excitement and energy, not like I haven't felt since the, that, like the, when the team was originally here. Um, and I've been back since I think about 2009. And I mean, this franchise has really been in the doldrums for two decades, minus the anomaly of 2017. Um, the buzz, you know, I, I warmed up to the idea of Urban Meyer when I started to hear um, his press conferences, the way in which he was, you know, setting the, the battle standard, if you will, for the team. Obviously, the, the excitement of having, you know, the first overall pick and Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence and what that means. Uh, um, Travis Etienne. Uh, it's just it, it, it just feels like things are lining up for us to be successful. Yeah, absolutely, man. The energy in Jacksonville, from what I've seen, I came down for the draft party and um that was awesome. Just to fly into Jacksonville simply because it was historic. We've never had the number one pick. So, you know, I got with the fans and actually fans and sponsors came together. They flew me out. I, that was amazing. See, that's the thing about the Jaguar fan base is we get such a bad rap. But in reality, we got some diehard, amazing fans. And just on definitely, my little definitely. just on our little platform right here, we have some diehard, amazing Jaguar fans who support what we do. So I thank all of y'all because without y'all, the sponsors, the fans who donated, I wouldn't have been able to fly out to Jacksonville and be there for that historic moment. So I appreciate y'all as well. 
the energy is the energy is second to none, man. From what I've seen, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. I want to ask you this now. There's a there's a lot of emphasis right now on the culture, right? And I've heard a lot of differing opinions on this. And you know, I, I just want to get your thoughts. How important is culture inside of an NFL locker room, inside of that building? And what do you think the key differences are that you personally have seen mm-hmm. in today's culture versus the last regime seasons ago? Yeah, no, I mean, culture is extremely important to have in your locker room. And I mean, you're asking 53 men to come together with the common purpose to go out and win games. Um, and there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to defense, special teams, offense. So you really got to you got to bond with your your brothers and norms, I like to say. Um now, much has changed since I played. When I came into the league, I was I came in in 1993. It was the first year of the collective bargaining agreement that allowed players to be free agents, although a lot of players at that time had not gone to other teams. So I, I was drafted by the Redskins. And that team had was still intact from, you know, guys that played together from the 80s and won Super Bowls to just winning a Super Bowl in 91. Mark Rippon was a quarterback. You come into that kind of environment, it's kind of like don't, don't speak unless spoken to. <laughs> I mean, you know, and you know, Leon, Leon Sears and I, we always talk about this. I mean, we, we like to say we're old school guys in that <laughs> the old school mentality is probably very different in the locker room today. I haven't been in the NFL locker room. Um, but when I played, um, there was, you know, <clears throat> a great deal of respect for the veterans that had played for a number of years and, and who they were. And they would inspire the younger guys to get better or – not because they represented maybe they were going to take their job, but culture is extremely important. And so it may have changed in the way in which the culture um, is created and on today's team. Um, but I believe what Urban Myers is doing is really uh, establishing that culture, uh, establishing the fact that losing is not acceptable, that we're here to win. We're here to win playoffs. We're here to win championship. Uh, everybody's got to go out and play at 110%. So mm-hmm. I think it's there based on, you know, some of the mini camps and things like that, that, you know, almost 100 percent participation um, guys flying around. Um, you know, apparently the defense had a great day today. Unfortunately, Tre- Trevor threw two pick sixes, but uh, that's what everybody's talking about. But, you know, yeah. it's going to happen. You know, the, the, NFL, the difference between the college and NFL is clearly the, the speed of the game. And a pass you can get away with in college, you're not going to get away in, in the pros. So it'll just take time to uh, for the game to slow down for him and be the be the player that he needs to be. Absolutely. No, I agree, Trev. I, when I heard them going in about the morning, <laughs> I'm like, man, listen, they, those guys get paid too. Yeah, they got to do their job. There's <laughs> some dogs over there on that defense who are trying to make this team, especially in that secondary. You got yep. guys like Daniel Thomas, uh, Josh Jones. Their positions aren't secured. Jared nope. Wilson, his position's not secure. Chris Claybrooks. I mean, these are hungry young yeah, they, dogs. Yeah, they fight. Yeah, remember we brought in secondary. We brought in in free agency a secondary. Ton. So it's like, so it's like yeah. you guys. You think Sidney Jones wants to sit on the bench? No. Nah. That way, it was a second round <laughs> pick out of Philly. He was brought there to be a difference maker. He came here and became a starter. He did. He wasn't looking to go back to the bench. He's yeah, a dog. And that atmosphere, guys competing for their jobs. That too is going to play into developing that. That yeah. culture of playing, playing fast, playing tough, yeah. and playing to win. 
Yeah, and then that's my biggest thing is people are like, oh, man, Urban Meyer, uh, he's a college coach. I'm like, well, maybe that's what we need a little bit around here is to teach to teach these motherfuckers how to teach these players how to be professional athletes because yeah. right now we're dealing with a whole bunch of bad habits from a whole bunch of different other places. We can just stop it all right now. We, we start at the bottom, start at the base, and this is what needs to be expected, and this is how things happen. So when we got new guys coming in, Hey guys, this is the program. You see, everybody else is buying in. There ain't no question of what you're doing or what's expected because it's on the wall and everybody else is doing it. So you got sometimes you got to go back to school, and I don't have an issue with it. I get tired of the argument about college football coaches not being able to be successful in the NFL because then I start rattling them off. I go, um, Tom Coughlin was pretty successful. Ended up winning two Super Bowls. Yep. Had great success here. Uh, Jimmy Johnson and the Cowboys had a major run in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And then you look at what Pete Carroll's done in Seattle. So it, it can be done. But they talk, love we, to throw up yeah. Nick Saban. But what we yeah. don't remember with the Nick Saban situation is take us back, if you will, and imagine yeah. if Drew Brees <laughs> signs with Miami, if the doctors in Miami don't block the Drew Brees signing, yeah. And if Nick Saban didn't wind up with Dante Culpepper, what the Miami Dolphins and Nick Saban would have done in the NFL? Imagine yeah, if you will. They had, a, they had a really good team. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then the two seasons he was there wasn't like atrocious. He, well, he, won, well, he, he won nine he games. Belichick, man. Yeah, he won nine games with Dante Culpepper. If you like, say you swap that out with Drew Brees, that looks like twelve or thirteen wins to me. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You're not going to – you're not – he didn't just beat Bill Belichick. You beat yeah. the Patriot Patriots. Yeah. You beat Brady and the real deal dynasty yeah. Patriots. You knocked them off. With Dante Culpepper. With, with Dante Culpepper. The Patriots don't have a good history of winning down in Miami, though. That's they don't. True. They don't. But, I mean, but if it's the Heat. I think it's the Heat. They're so I used guess. to – And we knocked them they, off when they came here. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. That was – oh, man. Their fans were – their fans were – the fans were upset because of how hot it was, but I think uh, the the most miserable fans I seen were the Packers fans because they were passing out yeah all over the they're passing out all over the stadium. It was I had a friend's wife, hot. a friend's wife passed out and they they live in Jacksonville, so it's oddly enough, but he's a Packer fan and his wife actually passed out in in the vestibule area. It was, it was oh, bro. it was it, it was over 100 it was over 100 like outside but yeah, on, the, on the field it was like 108 when uh, like 110 something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I think what Shad presented in some of the stadium upgrades, he said that every seat will be shaded. Now, mm -hmm. I, I assume that's going to be a similar situation to what they did in Miami with those, you know, canopy. But that yeah. it has to happen. I mean, I, I mean, I had the luxury of being in a suite that our company owned, but you'd look out there and it looked like the stadium was half empty because people were seeking refuge. In the yeah, and I, yeah, and I sit on the bad side. I sit on the bad side, but. I mean, I just I throw on I I throw on sunblock and just I thought and I thug it out <laughs> and I thug it out because I I just know that the other fan, the fan that's sitting next to me that's been drinking all game and he's been talking shit all game because he's because it's usually fans sitting next to us. Guess what? No, you're not gonna make it. You're not <laughs> so gonna make you're, it. You're not gonna make it. <laughs> you're not gonna make it. So I encourage you. I'm sitting there I with respect water. I respect the hell out of the drunk fans. I have never drunk a beer at a football game. I mean, I don't drink now, but even in my younger days at Jaguar games, I refuse to drink alcohol. I don't get drunk at the tailgate. No, sir. I know what that sun will do to me. And I'm not a fan of getting beat up by nothing, especially not the sun. I ain't feeling it.
Mm-hmm. I'm going to win this battle. I'm going to hydrate so I don't yeah. die, mate. But, you know, <laughs> I'm looking at it. The offensive line, right, we know. Listen, Jay is a former lineman. I'm a former lineman. You're the former lineman on the show right now. So the offensive line, we know it's the most important position on the football. Without a doubt. Starts with us, ends with us. Your pretty quarterback can't throw the ball if we don't protect him. Your flashy wide receivers ain't going to rack up those touchdowns if we don't give them time for the ball to get there. Your stud running back can't run and get through the holes if we don't make them. So it seems to me, though, there was a very big difference in opinion when we looked at the armchair GMs and public perception of our offensive line versus the thoughts of those in the building and even mm-hmm. some of the mainstream media, how they felt about guys like Cam Robinson or just the old line in general. How do you feel about the offensive line that's currently in Jacksonville? And what do you expect out of those guys yeah. this season? So let's start with the tackle. So you got uh, Cam Robinson and Jawan Taylor, um, both of which have had seasons where they have shown that they have the ability to be good at those positions. Unfortunately, last year, for whatever reason, they took a step back. Um, some of their set angles weren't really good. They were giving up way too much, you know, pressure, not, you know, keeping the pocket solid. Um, but I think the potential is there for them to be good, again, if you will. Um, now, the lineman that we got from uh, Stanford um, apparently physically looks great. Um, we'll see when they put the pads on if, if he can – uh, press them to compete. I, I don't envision him necessarily starting this year, but who knows? You never know. I mean, you know, Tony Baselli was out of the box good, you know, mm-hmm. day one. Um, inside, you know, you got Josh Noel, who he'd struggled the first couple of seasons here, but then I think he improved his game as well. Um, he's a proven quantity. Brandon Linder, um, who doesn't get a lot of fanfare, but he's a really good center. And next to the quarterback, you know, the center is the, the next smartest guy in the field, you know, calling out defenses, where the, where the Mike linebacker is. I'm not exactly sure about um, the right guard position. I mean, who's in Is that AJ? Mm. Who's that? AJ AJ Yeah, and you got – I think you got decent backups. Uh, you know, Shatley's been around for a long period of time. Um, so, I, I mean, I think the potential for the line to be good is there. Um you know, it's just going to – and, they're you know, they played with each other too, which is important. You know, when you are when you go 1-15 – Yeah, you go through. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, the six seasons that I played, I only played on one winning season, and that was the 96 Jaguars. My first year in Washington, 4-12. and Jaguars' first year, 4-12. and Then we went on that run in 96. Then I go to the Bears, 4-12, and 4-12, and 6-10. and It's not fun being on those teams. I'm just yeah. telling you, inevitably, I mean, people always say, well, you know, you're out there. Every time you play, you're, you're, you're giving your resume, which is true. But, you know, when, you, when you're really out of it, then you start worrying about injury and people falling on your legs and things like that. So, I don't know. I, I'm just going to give them a pass on last year and hope for the best this year. Yeah, that's what I kind of felt a little bit, too, because even with a lot of just different positions, it's like, you had just with COVID and just a whole bunch of things. There's a you could tell. I mean, the receivers on even on this team. I mean, I don't. I hate. Let's say we talk about players don't tank, but I feel like it was very strongly suggested for guys who were dinged up to not play. Sure. Um, you know what I'm saying. So I think it's. So we didn't see the 100% the best effort from everybody. Like I said, we didn't see guys going out there, you know, letting guys get hurt. But it was – there was a bigger picture, 
there was a yeah, bigger I, overall picture. So, like I said, I'm I'm more of kind of giving it a wash. I still need uh, Andrew Norwell to get a little bit tougher because he just he gets ran over. I I don't need my left guard shit. I don't need him on his back. I should never see him on his back. Yeah, that, that, but, that that's a good point. <clears throat> yeah, I think the, the offensive good. line looked interesting with you because you got to look at it and think about this. Like they did produce a thousand yard rusher. And it to me, it wasn't the same thousand yard rusher that we saw with Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette wasn't was getting stopped in the backfield, breaking two, three tackles behind the line of scrimmage, oh, shaking yeah. something, being patient and breaking. James yeah. Robinson had alleys. If we go yeah. back to that week one against the Colts, the very first time they handed him the ball, they brought four times in a row alleys. alleys well, John, John alleys. Gruden can, but John Gruden can run the ball. I feel like he can run the ball. He, from what I've seen, Washington always had good, pretty decent run games to where it could open up some other stuff. But, I mean, I, I, I don't like to do the work. Yeah. They didn't and have they to did. do the work. And it's, it's it kind of reminded me, though, of our <laughs> offensive line back, which we'll talk about that in a little bit, you know, when we get on with our next guest. But that O-line from that 07, 05, that era where it was like we were great at run blocking, but we couldn't pass protect to save our lives. And that's why we, you know, had the quarterback carousel we had. But yeah. um, I agree. I think, I think they have a lot to show. And I'm excited about Walker Little. The Walker Little pick yeah. is something that, that I actually mocked to us in, in our mock draft. Uh, shout out to me. Uh, but uh, I really, really like Walker Little. Yeah, absolutely. I won the mock draft, Mangler, by the way. We did our mock drafts. I, I had us pick an ETN. I had us pick a Walker. It doesn't shock me, brother. <laughs> but Walker Little is a top five pick, man. Like two years ago, he's a top five guy. And they say, well, he tore his ACL and then he wasn't able to play last year due to COVID. So he opted out. I mean, that's smart to me. He opted out because at first football was taken from him. They weren't going to do it in the smart guy conference. And then they decided to play, I believe, spring or, or they played a few games. And he decided to opt out at that point. Why not? You're coming off of an ACL. We all know guys who return off of an ACL. Typically that next year is a little rough because yeah, you're still getting used to moving on it. You're still getting used to that. So he takes an entire other season off. This guy's coming back. He's he's fresh in a baby booty right now. He's coming in. He's ready to rock and roll. So. Walker Little has me really excited. Cam Robinson, I'm rocking a jersey like Cam right now, backwards. I'm kind of excited about Cam. I don't. This is a statement. The media asked a couple times, and they kind of acted like he, oh, he's just doing it to no. Cam Robinson's doing this for a reason. He's got this jersey backwards because I think he wants you to see this. He wants mm -hmm. you to know Cam is about to do something, and he got the logo. The Jags logo is on his back. So let yeah. me be the first to say, Cam's trying to say, I'm going to put the team on my back. Wow. Wow. Okay, Cam right. Look, hey, I'm reading the yeah, little detail. Like <laughs> well, well, what, I, what I'm going to need from him is a backside because I he doesn't have any butt, and that's oh, like my left – I need my left tackle to have yeah. some something, man. Cam got to get under the spot rack, yeah, baby. Cam got to get under the spot rack. Cause yeah, you gotta get some. Because it's like, bro, you you're stiffer in the hips. But it, I would if you were if you were thicker there, I could understand it. But you got to be quicker with your feet movement if you're not gonna have all that all that down there. So I don't know. He's looking pretty good from what I've seen at OTAs. But going back to those draft picks, man, let me ask you this. Now, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, historically the best draft pick possibly in Jacksonville Jaguar history, right? I mean, right now it's Tony. I would say uh, mm -hmm. because look what Tony did. Um, yep. He's the the certified Hall of Famer on the on the from the roster. So, if we I take Trevor out of this particular draft and look at the remaining draft picks, which one has you most excited from well, this draft? I, I I mean I go I mean I go right to the uh, Travis Etienne, and I I think we I 
I don't even think that's the way you pronounce his name properly. I think they just let people do that because they couldn't figure it out. <laughs> but the, the reason I say that, not because it may be obvious, but there's instant chemistry there between him and Trevor. They, they, they played together in college. And so that's somebody that Trevor knows personally has played with, which, will, which just helps in the locker room. Um, yeah. I mean, and I mean, the guy had a phenomenal season. I mean, mm-hmm. rushing, touch, rushing yards, and touchdowns, um, and 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 I, and I have no idea what that means in terms of the mix or ratio between um, Robinson and him in terms of carries. I don't know. Right. You know, people like to say uh, Travis Etienne's kind of like a pocket knife uh, or a Swiss Army knife that can be mm-hmm. used for capacity. <clears throat> The slash uh, guy, and, yeah. and, you know, and that's not uncommon in the NFL where you have, you know, two guys bearing the load and doing kind of different things. I mean, when we were at our peak, it was Fred Taylor and Mojo. That's when that backfield was really scary. I mean, yeah. even before that, we you know we had Nate John Means. Yeah, James. Yeah. I mean, we had a ton of great running backs, right? So, I mean, there's always room for two. But let me ask you, as a former player, okay, somebody who's been in the league, if you're James Robinson and you're sitting there on draft night and you hear Travis Etienne's name called in the first round that high after what you did the season before, because this is the picture that's been painted. So I want to know, what do you think went through James Robinson's head? Do you think there's any animosity there? Or does he look and go, okay, I finally got some help? Hey, that's probably not his first thought. (laughs) No, I mean (laughs) – it was it was James Robinson? Was he undrafted or was he? Yeah, late? yeah, yeah he, he was undrafted. Undrafted. Yeah, undrafted. undrafted rookie free agent. Yep. Yeah, and had the season that he had. So, yeah, I'm sure the 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 competitor in him and what he was able to accomplish on that uh, his rookie year. I'm sure that goes through your head. I mean, I you know I had the same thoughts when they uh, drafted Michael Cheever in the third round, center out of uh, I forget where Michael Cheever came out of, but. Yeah, because you're like, I mean, there's only so many spots. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody new coming in represents <laughs> potentially taking your job at some point. Right. The only reason, you know, James Robinson is an anomaly. He's he's phenomenal. I mean, you go back and even in high school, he had nearly 10,000 yards rushing out of Rockford yeah. out there in Illinois. Then he yep. goes to college. He puts up 4,444 yards. I didn't make that up. That's real. Rushing out there in northern <laughs> Illinois. Um and he really came, and he did that in in two, se- three seasons. Because uh, yeah, his seasons. freshman year, he barely he barely did much his freshman year. So he did that. I mean, he had crazy numbers, and he comes here, and again, crazy numbers. And when you look at it, he did it on limited carries. I mean, he was really only getting 12, 16. Jay Gruden would pull the plug on a run so fast. I probably went through five flat screen TVs during the season because I was snapping <laughs> a, like I was angry. Why are we not running right. the football? Yeah. He would have nearly 100 yards before the first half would end, and we'd come back in the second half. We're not down significant enough to stop running the football, and he would mm-hmm. go away from run. It was brutal. But the problem that I did see with our offense was we did not do anything when Robinson went off the field. There was nobody to spell Robinson. <laughs> Horrible I production. Think we averaged less than two yards per carry. I was yeah, trying to point, find it. I, had I to think say, it's, one po- it's like 1.8. 1.8, 1.7, I thought it was. Uh, per yards per carry collectively, every other <laughs> running back when James Robinson wasn't in the game. Yeah, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. No that's question true. about it. He was a, he was very much a bright spot in last year's season, uh, maybe the brightest. Um, so good to have him on the team. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think they're just gonna have to figure out a way to make it make them both work. 
and yeah. um, uh, do what's best for the team. Honestly, I feel like the Travis Etienne selection tells me they want LaVisca Chenault to be more of a number two receiver because I saw mm -hmm. LaVisca being able to be Travis Etienne, no problem, as well as play in the slot and do those things. Right. He can run. He can move out of the backfield. He could be Travis Etienne a little slower. But instead, it looks to me like the goal is to get – because, I mean, Marvin Jones is aging. He'll be here two years, maybe three max, and then he'll move on. I think he's here to bridge that gap while Visca grows into that number two receiver if DJ Chark is who he is supposed to be, yep. and that's the certified number one. Then you have, like you said, that Swiss Army knife in the backfield. So what are your overall expectations for the season? I mean, looking at this new roster, new coaching staff, we don't want to get too high. We don't want to get too low. I'm telling you, I'm high. I'm going 12 and 5. I'm up there, and it's stuck there. What DJ Chark says, up there, stuck there. Right now, 12 and 5. What about you, though, realistically? What are your expectations for this season? I would, you know, I guess we do have an extra game this year. So I'm, I would be, Honestly, I mean, I know it's a losing season, but if you go go from one to fifteen to maybe six to seven wins, um, maybe eight. I mean, what would you have to be to be? I guess with seventeen games, you can't. It's not eight and eight, but yeah, yeah, eight and nine now, right? Weird, right? There's no more five hundreds. No, yeah, no five hundreds. Yeah, unless, unless you have a well, unless you have a tie. Jeff Fisher might be that most angry coach in football if he was here right now because he's not able to go eight and eight anymore. So well, no, you, can go, you, you can go eight, eight and one. So I you think, so you go eight and nine. I, I well, I said six and seven, but you know, Ugh, you I would feelings. take I would take eight and nine for sure. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: I got another. We got a couple more. We'll wrap it up, man. We're here with the Mangler, man. The first ever, yeah, I said it, the first ever Jacksonville Jaguar acre contract. Argue with me, see what happens. 6'9", 350, coming to your door. I'm with it. Now, let me ask you this, though, man. There's been a lot of traction and a lot of talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars being on hard knocks this year, right? Oh, yeah. Rich Eisen, the Rich Eisen show. He's got Urban Meyer on there. He asks him. Urban doesn't say no. In fact, he says, I, res I got to respect the league, uh, so I'm not going to speak on it. That sounds a lot to me like I'm hitting that, hey, I'm not allowed to tell you that we're going to be on hard knocks, but we're going to be on hard knocks. Let me ask you, would you, if you're a player in that locker room, you know, do you want hard knocks in Jacksonville? If you're in that building, a coach, anybody, owner, you want to get hard knocks in Jacksonville this season? Well, let me ask this question. Have they ever been on hard knocks before when Del Rio no. was a coach? We had oh. our own version. Yeah, we had NFL a version film of it. started it. Yeah, yeah. We had, uh, yeah mm -hmm. the NFL was like summer camp, uh, summer training camp with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, long time ago. Nick Sorensen, uh, <laughs> what's his name? The fullback, Fuhumatu Mahafala, did the fire that, dance. That's yeah. Right. yeah, I remember that. Um, you know, I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, and I'm, I guess each player would probably approach it differently. I mean, you know, you, you know, now obviously with the advent of social media and the exposure for these guys, it's just another level of exposure. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you're, <laughs> you, you, you have a national audience that's watching you in practice and maybe get whooped or not doing well or mm -hmm. losing a fight on the field. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it, it differs from player to player. Um, for the Jaguars, I think it would be good. Uh, you know, because I think there's a lot of eyes on Jacksonville right now, and that can bring even more. I just hope that you know we can deliver a product on the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, to me, and I asked Jimmy this, you know, as well. This is. Do you feel this is the most relevant on a national stage the Jaguars have been in its in its entire history? 
I mean, oh, Tim Tebow, Urban Meyer, right. Tim Tebow, I, I, Trevor Lawrence. I get, I see the people asking about the Tim Tebow, so I can get to that if you like. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I guess what '98 or it was '99. They were in the AFC Championship game. You know, obviously they lost to the Titans three times that year, unfortunately. Um, you know, I got to believe that the national coverage on that team was significant, um, but. Not since then. So this, I think, more than more than any time before, other than then, with him being that overall first pick and having such buzz around him, I think that you know naturally just draws more media attention here. Mm -hmm. Right now, Tim Tebow. Um, Tim Tebow is always going to get an A for effort, no question about it. Hard worker, and he's a good athlete. Um, you know, he played quarterback for all those years, which isn't um, a tight end or an H back H back position. Um, it's not easy blocking an NFL defensive end or uh, a three technique. Mm -hmm. So if he can do that and he can learn to block, I don't necessarily question his ability to maybe catch a football. Um, but, you know, your best tight ends are the guys that can do it both. That, that are, you know, have the ability to, to block, but also the ability to catch passes. Right. So I think my guess would be he would be a good influence in the locker room. Mm -hmm. Um and it may be good for a guy like Trevor Lawrence. So right. I'd like to think he could make the team, but mm -hmm. you got to make you got to make it on merit. I mean, there's 53 slots. Look exactly. here, man. Look, do you wow. see the biceps? Do you, do you see the biceps on that guy? <laughs> great, great. Tell the truth. Your biceps ever looked like that when you were playing? Nah, mine was more like marbled meat, like prime rib. They were big, ah. but they weren't <laughs> cut up like that. I had veins shooting out of them. How 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 many how many uh, how many random tests Tebow gonna get this season? <laughs> how many uh, how know. many random pops is Tim? You don't walk out there with vascularness like that. You don't walk out there veins popping and not get a random. Oh hey Tim, we need you to come pee in a cup. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's coming from baseball. We already know how that goes over there. Right, right. Yeah, no, so, I mean has always been for the longest period of time um, very. Ew very stringent on the use of what let's say anabolic steroids or that kind of stuff mm -hmm. i mean they tested for that more than they would recreational drugs yeah um, and yeah and and those weren't fun those you know tests you know you, you get a notice and you know you had to go in a room and pull your shirt up do a 360 and pee in front of somebody <laughs> make sure right <laughs> yeah yeah, no, I think I, I think the, the Tim Tebow experiment is gonna be it's gonna be one for the ages, man. It's gonna be a sure. blast. We'll see. We'll see. To me, like this: if you're from Jacksonville, if you're if you're if you're a Jacksonvillian, and you don't want the Tim Tebow experiment to work, you must simply hate the Florida Gators. That's got to be it. Because yeah. you're talking about a kid from Jacksonville mm -hmm. who, since day one, was like, "No, you're not allowed to play quarterback." Found his way to a school that was going to allow him to play quarterback. Came in, became one of the nation's best high school football players. Gets to Florida, goes in there, starts from his rookie season, getting involved in that offense, making plays, making it happen. Becomes one of the greatest college football players of all time. Has one of the greatest, nobody will ever work harder than me in life speeches of all time. I mean, Tim Tebow has always proven to be the guy and overcome any obstacle set in front of him. Uh, you know, and whether whatever your thoughts are on his faith and the way he reacts, I mean, take that out of the equation. I mean, the man has always overcome obstacles. He came in, he mm -hmm. became a first-round pick when people said he couldn't even play the position. He gets yeah. out there, he led that Denver team to the playoffs. 
Yeah. And he wasn't that good, <laughs> but he figured out a way. He reminded me of sure Blake Bortles in 2017 against the Buffalo Bills. The pass wasn't working. My guy threw for like 89 yards that game. So what did he do? He tucked it and ran it. Rushed for over 100 yards, yeah. got us in the end zone, ran over a couple cornerbacks, gave him the huh, fuck wrong with you look. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And that's what Tebow's going to do, man. He's going to give maximum effort. He's going to come in. And if you don't want Tebow to succeed, I just don't understand how you could be a Jaguar fan or a native of Jacksonville and feel that way. We're yeah. currently tuned in with the Mangler, man, with the first Jacksonville Jaguar to sign a deal with the Teal, Greg Huntington, man. So what I want to do, man, before we wrap it up, I just want to let the people know, what have you been up to these days? What do you got going on? Anything you want to promote or get out there? Here's the opportunity. Well, yeah, no, I, I mean, I currently I work for Waste Management, which is the largest waste management company in the world, which is great. Um, I just came from uh, a board meeting. I, you know, I get asked to sit on boards um, and I turn them all down unless I can really get behind them. And the one board that I do sit on is called the Foster Closet, and they provide much needed items to kids that are in the foster care system, whether that's infants and diapers or whether that's the teenage girls and prom dresses. So they, I really believe in it. It's really good. Um, it's a it's a really good charity. A couple of things, and you already know about this. Um, I am going to be going to the the uh, London this year through Global Executive Tours. Uh, they do they do these tours all over the world for golf and other sporting events, um, and so people can go to globalexecutivetours.com uh, and then find the London game if they want to come. I mean, I think Jimmy Smith is going. I got Brian, uh, David Garrard. I think Kyle Brady's going to be going. Leon Searcy, Kevin Hardy, mm-hmm. just another. Um, way for the the fans to interact with us personally and then here in jacksonville um there's an outfit called gte presents it's game day tailgate experience gtepresents.com and they they have the best tailgate i mean it's organized live music food drinks games giveaways and all that kind of stuff and i'm hosting the titans game and i believe it's the 49ers on the 21st so if people want to come and be a part of it, they do an excellent job. They can go to gtepresents.com. And thank you for giving me that 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 venue to uh, say those things. Oh, no, absolutely. And I've got the link posted now for the uh, Foster Closet. I've linked yeah. that down. If you're currently on Facebook, we've linked that. Drop that link down there in the comments. I'll get the others linked as well. That's awesome, man. I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely looking at the fine. I'm trying to see what I could sell. Who, who I got to borrow money from, how many credit cards I got to take out to get over there to London <laughs> because we go, we would, oh my God, I could only imagine the type of party it would be. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Yes. We might, I, I might not get to come back. You hear me? We might, <laughs> might test some stuff up, man. But man, Mangler, I thank you so much for coming on, man. And I, I wanted to take this opportunity to tell you again, I said it a little bit earlier. But what you mean to the fan base by doing the things that you do, same thing with Jimmy. You guys interacting with us in the way that you do, the manner you did. When I made that post about, about copying that, that game off of Amazon, the Mark Brunel NFL Fever cover, yeah. for you to just reach out and be like, hey, man, send that to me. I'll take care of that for you. And right. you get that sign. Not only you send me that, you send me numerous pictures autographed by you and Mark. I mean, you didn't have to do that at all, and you did. And so I thank you for the bottom of my heart, man. I appreciate you. Not only for what you did on the field, but what you've been doing off the field and the relationship I've been able to develop with you. It's, it's something I hold and take very serious, and I appreciate it, man. So thank you so much for what you've done, man. You're welcome. I love you, brother. Yeah, love you too, man. man. That is the Mangler, man. We had him live oh. and on. Boy, look at him. Yeah. Look at him, bro. <laughs> what, you had him back there on the wall? 
No, I had Count Brady up there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I need to get well, that. I was trying to. Look, I, need to man. This, I need to get this Count Brady signed. <laughs> we got to find Kyle, right? We got to find Kyle and get Kyle on the show next. Yeah, well, so man, hey, listen, this has been brought to you by the good folks over at the Miller Creative Group, man. Make sure you check them out online at mcg247.com or on all social media platforms at mcg247. Miller Creative Group, discover the one source difference now. We are going to speak with our next guest, former Marshall University offensive lineman. He was a teammate of the great Byron Leftwich. I love Byron. Some of y'all didn't. I don't care. I don't care how you feel because this is my segment, and I'm going to have some fun. We bring it on Joey Step, man. Joey Step, how you doing, brother? Hey, what's up, man? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. We good. See, Joey doesn't have issues. Todd, and, and I know. Late, I know. Late. Let me know if there's feedback because I have to listen. The mic doesn't have sound in it. So oh, okay. if you end up having feedback, I'll turn my volume down. I, I, we don't got none. You sound good to me, man. Good deal. So wherever Todd is, QB1, we did a segment earlier with a guy who he didn't have sound. He blamed it on me. He said I was trolling him. No, no, Joey has sound. Todd. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sweating because I've been running around trying to find a microphone. <laughs> for you, you told me that I had to do it on my computer, but I was like, nah, I'll do it on my iPad. No, it doesn't yeah, work. It didn't work. And then I'm, I'm <laughs> my kids. I think my kids took my mic to um to their mom's house. So oh, oh no, man, man. Man. Well, man, I appreciate you for coming on the show with us, man. Again, we're doing a big lineman heavy show, man. Gotta show love to the big dogs. So getting you on is huge, man. So I want to ask you, we'll start off pretty simple, man. Uh, how long did you play with Byron out there at Marshall? He he was there. Actually, my first year, I walked on. Um, I was invited to walk on um, for three semesters, and Chad Pennington was the, was the starting quarterback then, and mm-hmm. Byron was number two. Chad um, got drafted by the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I went from being defensive lineman of the year in the state of Kentucky to making making it for three practices to get moved to center. Never played center in my life, and I'm snapping to Byron and Chad. So okay. it was it was pretty wild. Um, but Byron was on the team then, and then um, I was one. He was one year ahead of me, so I played with Byron for four years. Um, oh, that's very cool. Sophomore year, I started. I got a scholarship. Started rotating in it. And Greg, um, Greg talked about it earlier, and humbly, you know, the the center. I, I don't know if I was the smartest man on the field, but I had to know more than the other guys. Um, mm-hmm. So learning to play center, I knew what the guards did. I knew what the tackle did. And I actually played snaps um, at left tackle while Byron was quarterback because our left tackle went down. And I'm six, I'm 6'2", and in college I was 3'15". I was not a left tackle. But right. at Marshall, we don't have much depth. So at, I, was the, I was the best left tackle to fill in for our All-American left tackle. And um, I actually, and humble brag, but I played against Alex Brown and Julius Peppers. And I'm I'm not going to say that I blocked Alex Brown and Julius Peppers, but I will say that in the I, I might I might have played ten plays um, against both, but I didn't give up a sack and I didn't get called for holding, even though I probably held every play. Yeah, so <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. Hey, we got it. You got away with it. We you know. Hey, listen, we don't hold. We just kind of grab a little bit. Every play, every play. It's just, it just happens. It's the way it is. So, I mean, what type of guy was Byron? So, you know, I loved Byron. When we drafted Byron, I was very excited about that. Um, I loved Byron personally. What type of leader was Byron on the field, off the field? What, what type of leader was he? Um, and, of course, holding nothing back, 
hope <laughs> me and Byron are still pretty close. We don't talk as much as I do with other guys. Um, mm -hmm. He was he was the most humble person I played with. You know, and again, it's going back to how we met when I, I was bored and made that post about us carrying him down the field. Even back then, when things were different and people didn't look out for themselves, not many people would have did that. You know what I mean? Like it just not many people would not many people would have put themselves in that spot, knowing that they're going to the NFL, knowing that they've got a ticket. Um, he worked just as hard as anybody on the team, sometimes hard, you know, probably harder. And off the field, he just he knew early on to not get involved in anything off the field to 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 hurt his his future. You know, and um, I'm gonna bring up like. I was Johnny Manziel before Johnny Manziel came about, but social media wasn't around. I, I ran a nightclub when I was in college. You know, oh. and, yeah. And um, I made my sophomore year, I made 80K cash as a college football player. You know, so you think if that was on social media, I would be, I'd have been Johnny Manziel, you know. Yeah. But Byron didn't get involved in going out. Byron didn't get involved in, you know, being in the dating scene. He had one goal and one goal only, and that was to get, you know, his ticket to the NFL. So top notch guy. Top notch. That's very cool. And I mean, I've seen I've seen some of the videos and there's been, you know, uh, random documentaries posted about, you know, how vocal he could be at times and, and really challenging guys to step up. And I mean, you know, do, did he have some memorable speeches for you guys in that locker room that would light a fire under your ass? Well, the, the best is if, if you actually Google Byron playing on a broken leg or I don't know. I don't know what the YouTube thing is, but it's um, I think it's Byron playing on a broken leg. The first clip, a um, company from New York came down because he was a Heisman Trophy candidate, and a company from New York came down and did a documentary on the whole season. Well, they got we played we we were in the MAC and um, we were playing Central Michigan and it was raining, it was cold. We we're supposed to blow them out. We probably didn't even cover the spread. Um, barely squeaked out a, a win, and before we all got in the locker room, Byron's standing up on on the bench yelling at us. Like, why are you guys cheering? We're, we don't cheer for barely beating Central Michigan. That's not what we do. That's who he was, you know, and, and he was a winner and he was a leader and he was willing to do everything that he did, everything that no one else wanted to do. Right. You know? Well, you know, I got to get I got to get it from your perspective, uh, because it was to me the one of the most memorable moments in college football history. And I believe firmly that the broken leg game is the sole reason Tom Coughlin decided to draft Byron Leftwich. It showcased a level of toughness and tenacity that you didn't see out of typical. I mean, guys, could you imagine a quarterback today? You got guys opting out of bowl games to get ready for the draft. Could you imagine you're a Heisman Trophy candidate? You have a broken leg and you're you're getting carried down. And and I will say this: I watched the highlights from that game, okay? Because it was so long ago. You know, I'd forgotten a lot. I watched the highlight. They were hitting Byron <clears throat> so hard. For real. Yeah, they we, were we cracking him after. When he came back, they didn't care that he was hobbling around with a broken leg. Akron was smacking that man. I mean, some of the shots were borderline dirty. It was their Super Bowl. Yeah. So yeah. it was definitely crazy. So I want to get it from your perspective. Talk us so, through start to finish that Akron game, if you will. Two, I'm, I'm going to give you two things. As I'm going to give you as a player – now, now here's I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some insight. Right here, you got Steve Shulo number seventy five, mm -hmm. and then Steve Peretta number sixty six. Steve Shulo was a Playboy All American. Steve Peretta was uh, he's now a New York City police officer. Okay, that's not me. I, we actually carried him twice. There's only two times we carried him, and mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you can pull up the um, it's plays of the decade. My my clip, and here I still I still live close to Marshall, and fans mm -hmm. want to argue with me 
that that picture you showed was me and i'm like no it's not like yes it is like no i was there you know i was there um but that picture is used a lot more than my picture my picture was used um espn did a place of the decade and uh -huh. they used my clip so well shoot i got a picture of it somewhere i'm, I'm the, um, looking at <laughs> i don't know if you can it may be too blurry but that's the picture of me so so the way that it happened this at this time i was a um junior i was a junior and i played 50 percent of the offensive snaps and we had a lot of offensive snaps we went no huddle and everything else and i rotated center and guard okay whatever whatever the offensive line coach and tidbit because you guys are marshall fans i've been I'm not marshall fans but football fans my offensive line coach at Marshall was the was the person who convinced um, oh Southern Miss to sign Brett Favre. Is that where, where is that where he went? Where did he go? Southern Miss, where did, yeah, right? Where did Brett Favre go to college? I, I think it was Southern Miss. Southern yeah, Miss. Southern Miss. But, yeah. so, and he also coached with Howard Mudd, who was an assistant coach with Vince Lombardi, which which is just cool to me to have that kind of connection. But Absolutely. I'm in the game. It happened the first time, and I was on the sideline practicing snaps with the backup quarterback and I didn't see him carry it. Mm -hmm. And then the crowd just goes nuts and you turn around and you kind of don't really know what's going on. Well, that series went through and I'm in on the next series and I'm playing at this, this game I'm playing left guard mm -hmm. and we're backed up on like the three yard line. First day on the D the D tackle jumps up, bats the ball. And I'm thinking, damn, like he's, you know, this, he was, he was tough. He was strong. And of course too, I've, I've not broke a sweat. And it, it was, it was tough rotating in, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the second snap, Byron throws like a 40 yard dart down the field. And here I'm, I'm just focusing on getting to the next play. Well, Shulo, the all American number 75, he's already carried Byron. So he knows Byron can't get there. So he's yelling for me to help. And I turn around and Byron just jumps up and gets in our arms. And I honestly, Byron was like 280. I was exhausted, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and now I'm at the next play trying to go to the next play. But we had no clue as players that he left and went to the um, hospital and got an x-ray. Mm -hmm. All we know is that he got hurt. He was on the sideline. You know, like we had, we had no clue during the game that he left, got in, he got in an ambulance. The, the documentary shows he got in an ambulance and he said, can you get me back by the end of the game? And he didn't even want to leave, but he got out of the ambulance and got in a police car and went and got an x-ray. They told him that it was fractured and came back and played. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And then um, then the next, I wish I ought to pull it up, but I'm just going to guess. Um, the next week we played at Buffalo, mm -hmm. either the next week or the week after we played at Buffalo and Byron's still playing on his hurt leg and the starting center goes down. So then I have, I'm now starting and we went like four or five games without giving up a sack and never, I never once snapped under center. Everything was from shotgun because he couldn't walk. Right. You know, and you think about you think about being offensive lineman. The defense was teeing off on us because we're in shotgun. You know, there's no guessing. There's no you know you're you're not you're not shooting the gap thinking it's a run play, which we ran the ball out of shotgun. But it it was wild to to throw the ball as many times as we did, and and, and to come together as a unit because our man in the back you know has has a broken leg and we're taken care of. He missed he that year he missed the ch um, conference championship game. We played um. Ben Roethlisberger at Miami, Miami, uh, Ohio, mm -hmm. and um, our backup quarterback Stan Hill ended up scoring the game-winning touchdown on a run to beat them. And then, then Byron played in the bowl game, which was a bowl game that we came back thirty-eight to eight at halftime, which was legendary. Yeah, 
the the that's I mean the story itself is just amazing, man. Like it really is. It's one of the greatest moments in college football history. It, it stacks up. And being a Jacksonville fan, I I tell you, and check, and just like Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville, these kids that are at, and we were at a different level for the conference we were playing in, just because of the offense that we ran. All of our plays were at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You know, like you talk about, you've got a quarterback in Byron and Chad in our offense. I pulled it up one day arguing with I, I, poker is one of my ways of income and a poker player was arguing with me. But in the four years, five years that I was at Marshall, we were like top 10 in the country in offense, like four three or four of those years. And it was because we go to the line of scrimmage and our quarterbacks putting us in the exact play that we need to be in versus the defense that he's seeing. Right. You know, and now in today's world, they, they audible it in like the coaches are calling it from the line. You know, they hold the signs up to tell them what play to run, that kind of stuff. But it was it was a different level. You know, Byron was – he's still – I mean, I can't wait till he's the head coach. You know, and, yeah. Yeah, and just proud of him. You know, it's crazy to say that I'm proud of someone that's a multimillionaire, but proud of him. How do you coach Tom Brady? Right. I was very, very <laughs> hopeful. I was very hopeful that we hired uh, Byron Leftwich to come home to Jacksonville mm-hmm. and be the head coach. I mean, I was very happy with the Urban Meyer hire, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I spoke on that on the show. I, I really wanted to get Byron here because I just think the story itself would be phenomenal. And, again, like I said, man, growing up in that era when we drafted Byron, I remember the play. Uh, it, it was just one of the greatest things I'd ever seen. And you can't – like, that toughness, that leadership translates throughout life. It's not just of, that game. It's period. One of the coolest things – sorry, I'm sorry – no, go ahead. One, of the, one of the coolest things that happened at the GMAC Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, which was the bowl game, um, that was against ECU. The year before that, we were at a bowl game playing against Louisville. And I can't remember who Louisville's quarterback was. Um, it had been 2001, maybe, 2002. But Louisville's quarterback, it was, it, you know, it was quarterback battle between our quarterback, Byron, and their quarterback. And Lee Corso was the speaker at a dinner. And he made Byron stand up, and he apologized that Byron. No, it was Byron Senior Years at ECU. He made uh, he made he apologized that Byron wasn't in New York that night for the Heisman Trophy um, candidate campaign, which was pretty awesome. Right. You know, I'm playing with a guy who Lee Corso is going to point out, like, "Hey, you're kind of getting screwed," and I'm sorry you're getting screwed. You know, but it was it was I was super lucky, man. Um, I'm one of the blessed, one of the most blessed people in the world just to be a part of it you know mm-hmm. like um and and humble brag I, I i was an invited walk on i turned down a scholarship to you've probably never eastern kentucky but they've won a couple of division two national championships back in the day and um apparently i had an offer to louisville that i didn't know about um the coach that came from louisville our offensive line coach that uh, talked about brett far if he was the offensive line coach at louisville and he comes in and he wants to speak to me before he wants to speak to the We've got three all-conference guys and one Playboy All-American, but he wants to talk to me. And his question was, hey, man, why? and I'm from Kentucky. He's like, why didn't you come to Louisville and walk on at Marshall? Well, shit, Coach, I didn't know I had a scholarship to Louisville. I'd have been at Louisville. Like, that's a no-brainer. And, you know, in, in today's world, if that happens, it's a lawsuit and someone's getting sued and it's going to make mainstream media. But right. back, back before social media, what, what, what was I going to do? You right. Know, but, Whole different ballgame, man. Um, I don't know, man. It's just special, special time, special place in my life, you know. Yeah. I mean, you wind up in Louisville. You're not a part of one of the biggest moments in college football history. That's what, well, you know. So. And, and and since you said that, I do – I've actually, I've, I've drove six hours a day. That's why I wasn't prepared for this. I was running late getting home. 
um, I do motivational magic shows. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the, you know, like if you look it up, they say the odds of becoming a human are one in 400 trillion, 400 trillion to one. Sorry. Yep. And and that's the thing. If I go to Louisville, I don't get into magic. That's how that's that was my hustle in college is I became a bartender and I was doing magic behind the bar. That's how I made so much money. Mm-hmm. So this, the the cards played themselves the way they're supposed to play themselves. That I'm supposed to play with Chad. I'm supposed to play with Byron. I'm supposed you know, I'm supposed to meet my ex-wife and have two kids and live this life. If I go to Louisville, it works out different. I'm probably working at UPS or something. You know? <laughs> no, I love I love that you said that, man, because that's that's how I live my life. I, I agree 100 percent. Every single thing that happens is for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're all here for a reason. You know, some of us have been through things that are unimaginable, survived things that most people couldn't even fathom. Um, but you are and you did. And it happened for a reason. So, yeah, 100 percent. I mean, you wouldn't be here talking with us right now, you know, if it wasn't for that. So, I mean, it's, well, again, it's, it's incredible. If I'm not laying in bed bored and make the post about Karen Byron, you know, on, on the O-line page, me and you never meet. Like it's Absolutely. Which is why I right away I was like, <laughs> sign, you know, this is a sign. Let's mm-hmm. do it. You know, I've, I've literally been working to get guests, uh, you know, lined up for the next few episodes. And really, in my head, I'm going, we've never done a double guest show. But I had already had Greg scheduled for this show. And I'm like, well, I'm not pushing him back three, four, five weeks. No, I want this now because I want this interview. You know, fans watching, I love y'all. Those listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, thank you guys. Love you to death. But I don't give a fuck if you care about this interview because I care about this interview because I'm telling you, man, like this moment, there's things that just are, are historical and those pictures, those this moment mm-hmm. is just it's historical. And it's, for like it'd be like walking into Canton for me. Talking to you right now yeah. is like walking into Lambo or going going to the Hall of Fame. It's that big because I hey, mean you really were a part of something historical. Have you ever been to Canton? Not yet. Okay. Only go on an induction week. Okay. Mm. And I'll tell you, and I'm gonna talk again how blessed I am and how lucky I am. So I walked on a Marshall the, the season I got my scholarship, I just, and I'm not a baseball fan. I'm not a, terrible to say this on a podcast about sports, but I'm not even a sports fan. You know, like I hustle, I hustle and work side businesses and grind so much that, you know, like I, I follow the, the finals and I follow like championship games, but I'm not a fan during the season. I, I go to Marshall games just cause I'm supposed to, I donate some money cause I'm supposed to, but I'm not a fan. But every one year, a girl that I was dating wanted to go to see Cincinnati Reds play baseball. So we go to Cincinnati Reds. I'm, I'm, I'm in West Virginia, Kentucky, and Ohio. Well, the day that I get back from that trip, I got my scholarship. Hey, every year, I got, every year before season, we got to go out of town and watch a baseball game. So one, the next year, we go to Pittsburgh, and we're watching San Francisco, Barry Bonds play Pittsburgh. That night, I'm in the bathroom, and this is before the internet. I'm in the bathroom looking at a map, and I said, babe, Canton, Ohio is just this far away. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Canton. I get there the next day, and it's the day Jim Kelly's getting inducted. No plans, no clue. I show up in Canton, and I meet John Madden. I met Mike Singletary. I had um, had a shirt on, um, football shirt, issue shirt. that said, take back the Mac, because one year we lost them. We didn't, we didn't win the championship. And, and I'm standing looking at trophies and jerseys and all this stuff, and a guy says, well, why did you guys lose the Mac? And I turn around, and it's John Madden. Oh, and I about oh, shit. Shit. Yeah, oh, shit. It, it, it was, it was, and my girlfriend was <laughs> hey, since I said that, and I'm sorry I'm saying this with custom people, when I first got on to see if I could get this thing working, I didn't have a shirt on. No one saw me, right? 
Just no, you. no, no. <laughs> yeah, <it's> just, <laughs> no, nobody can see you. Because I was going to go back and watch it because I was like, <laughs> but anyway, no, you no. Got, but honestly, you, you got to make a trip. You got to make a trip. Go to fly into Cleveland, drive down, rent a car, drive down. You got to be at an, and, and it doesn't even have to be one of your favorite players. It's yeah. an experience, even if it's on like an off year. Mm -hmm. But um, something I want to tell about Byron, too. Well, no, that's probably inappropriate. Um, no, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> Joey, we're trying to go viral with this one. It's not inappropriate. I'll tell a story about someone else. Um, no, yeah. but I honestly, and, and again, I don't even know you, um, Ken, right? I had yes, your sir. name pulled up, so I wouldn't forget. Um, I honestly, I'm, I'm going to try to get Byron. Like, if I, this is, this is, this is my experience with multimillionaires. I've got Byron's number, but Byron's number gets given out, and he doesn't want someone to contact him through that number, so he just gets a new phone. Yeah. Okay, so I've got his number. If I text him today, I might hear from him in two months. Right. And he'll say, "Oh man, my phone was dead." You know, because you know he's he still pays for the hundred dollar service. He's not worried about the hundred dollar service and he wants to keep that phone active because people have his number. But I, I know Byron, if I said, Hey man, I, these guys are Jacksonville fans. They want to talk to you. He'll take five minutes out of his day. If I, I got to get in touch with him. Um, I would, I would almost have more success getting Chad Pennington on here, but he, he's pretty proper, prim and proper. Um, but no, yeah. Byron, we were, and of course, I told you I was making eighty thousand dollars a year as a college professor. I gambled all the time. All right? right. So we're we're and Byron somehow had money. You know, Johnny Menzel's told his story on how he had money. I, no one was giving me money. That's why I had to start start working in a bar. Um, but they knew that I was running a bar. You see what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. I don't know how kids are doing it today with and not to segue into something different, but like I was I lived by myself in high school. Like I was poor. Like I didn't have food in high school. I was I made friends with people who I knew would feed me. They they weren't my friends, but I used them to get food. But once I get to college, I find out that I can make seven hundred dollars a not seven hundred dollars a week bouncing, and then that turned to two thousand dollars a week bartending. Well, shoot, I'm going to go to practice tired. I'm going to go to workouts tired. I'll miss workouts and run because it's mm -hmm. worth to make to make eight hundred dollars on a Saturday night. Um, and before social media, we could do that. I don't know how these kids are doing it. Like like it, the in my opinion, there's more boosters paying kids now than there were 10 years ago, because 10 years ago, kids could work under the table. Mm -hmm. uh, but Byron, we were, we were at practice one day. And if you can picture a Nike duffel bag, like a huge Nike duffel bag full of footballs, okay? It's sitting on the goal line. One of the, one of the equipment guys laid it down on the goal line. We're on the 50-yard line. Practice is over. Byron wanted to make some throws. I'm snipe, sna um, snapping to him. We're walking off the field, just talking trash to one another, whatever we're doing. And he says, step, I'm going to put this ball in that bag. And when I say the opening of the Nike duffel bag was about this big and there was two footballs inside of it, I said, I'll bet you $2 a yard, $100, you can't do it. And instantly threw it 50 yards on a dart on the ground and went straight in the bag. <laughs> so I start, no, bullshit, whatever, and I'm running my mouth. I said, double or nothing. He says, where do you want me to put it? Now we're on the 50. In the corner, not the end zone, in the corner of the field, like off the field, off, like on the turf, was one of those big five-gallon um, trash cans. Mm -hmm. a rainbow and made it in the trash can for another $100. <laughs> it, was so, it, like, it was one of those, like, um, I forgot those guys that do trick shots. Um, 
But uh, it, it was one of those moments dude, that it, uh, dude perfect, yeah. Dude perfect. It was one of those moments <laughs> that if you recorded it, instant viral, instantly viral. He also can't swim at all. Just so you know. <laughs> and he wears he wears you may be able to Google it. He wears like a size eight shoe. Oh. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, I they remember that. Small feet, Bro, I'm yeah. yeah, I remember they said he had small feet because it's you know obviously while he was here, they talked about how slow he was, right? Like yeah. that was always the thing. He's so slow. He was a big boy, but they would talk about how small his feet were, and that was you know one of the knocks they tried to throw on him was he got he's got small feet, so he doesn't he's not very balanced. And that's one thing, and the, the NFL, you know, it's like you, you guys were talking with um with him earlier about Tim Tebow. I don't know why you guys didn't sign Tim Tebow 10 years ago, you know, six years ago. Yeah. Still tickets. His jersey's already sold. It's a business. The first day, the top <laughs> five items sold on NFL the, Shop were all Tim Tebow. If, Tim Tebow men's black, Tim Tebow women's, Tim Tebow youth jersey, every color. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every color. If we started a team today, I'm and I'm in Florida especially, I'm signing Tim Tebow, and, and uh, Ray Lewis is my hype man. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, you got you. You do that, man. And I mean, and he's a and he's a great athlete. And I think it's (laughs) to me, it's funny that you know there's Mm -hmm. this he can't do it type of ideal. He's a professional athlete, man. Don't say a professional athlete can't go out there and do something that ain't been done before. He can do it. His body is capable. Let's see if he can pull it off, though. Well, and he's a winner. A winner. You know, Michael Jordan went to baseball, and they talked about how hard he worked. Some people just have you know they they're different. They're built different. And Tim um, Tim Tebow's built different. Whether or not he's going to be super successful or not, he's not going in to fail, right? You no, know, and and I and I want to think that he's not doing it for the money. I don't know that he needs money. Nah, you know what man. I mean? Like he's it's like Michael Jordan going to b- baseball. Like he's not going to go in there just for just for he doesn't need the attention. Like yeah, he's trying of, to. And if you watch, you know, they talk about how he was the first one to practice, last one to leave. You know, some of those guys are just built different. For the love of the game, man, you just want to be, you want to get better, you want to challenge yourself. Like I say, you haven't done this in a while. I want to see, as a man, can I still do it? And if I can still do it, if I can do it at the highest level, then that's definitely, you know, more assuring to yourself. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So I mean, uh, did you follow? Did you follow Byron once he once he was drafted to Jacksonville? Did you keep I, an eye on things? Did you see? I did. Um, the. <laughs> When he was at Pittsburgh, I followed him more because we went up and wa- we went up and watched some games. And of course, I- I'm not supposed to use the word hate, but I hate Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, <laughs> I hate and uh, yeah. Roethlisberger got hurt, and Byron was supposed to start. <laughs> and, and Byron actually he dropped some money on getting a bunch of us up to watch the game, and he got, he hurt his neck before the before the um, the first game of the season. He hurt his neck in a preseason game, so we let him cancel everything, and we didn't even go up. Um, but yeah, I watched him. Um, I, what did you think about his time in Jacksonville? I mean, how did you feel overall? Because you know, to me personally, when I look at it, Byron Byron had the potential to me to uh, to walk a gold jacket one day. With that, his arm was so accurate, so strong. He was so gifted as a pure passer, and he seemed just he seemed smart, and he was a hell of a leader. If they mm-hmm. if we would have been in better position to protect him, passing. Because we had a great run-blocking offensive line. Fred Taylor, Maurice Jones, Drew. I mean, we had two 2,000-yard rushes at, you know, at one time, um, two Pro Bowl guys in the backfield. But if we would have been able to really protect Byron and allow him to set his feet and throw that ball, I mean, what, what do you think his career would have been like? What, what frustrates me, and, and this, I, I, I meant to say this with the um, Tim Tebow comment, 
the NFL can be so picky because you know it's so hard to get to the NFL. Hell, I ch- I chase the dream, and um, and my my joke when I do my shows for high school football teams, I didn't look good enough in my underwear. I didn't I didn't yeah. pass I didn't pass the eyeball test. I had a um, I was six two and a half, maybe maybe barely six two. I don't know six two. My vertical was thirty three inches at three fifteen. I did 225, 34 times. Like I was strong. I was. I ran a 40 and 495. Like I had the numbers. I just wasn't big, tall, and like I didn't look strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but the NFL, you know, all they wanted to do was bash him about how slow he throws the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what's crazy, oh, you know, like playing against people like Julius Peppers and um, Demarcus Ware. We played Troy State when Demarcus Ware was down there. Like those guys are on a different level. And when you get to the NFL, they're all on a different level. You know, so, right. so the throwing speed, I understand that having a slower throw, throwing motion, it, it's going to make a difference. But it, like I'm with you, if they could have just gave him an extra half second, I mean, he can pick people apart. You know, yeah, like he, I mean, yeah. I don't know what your numbers were were uh, at Marshall. You know, do you, can you recall how many, you know, times left, which was sacked in any one of his seasons with you guys? I do. I'm, all I remember is that we went through the span when he had a broken leg and didn't give up a sack for five games. Um, it, it wasn't a lot, but yeah. again, we're, play, we're playing in the Mac, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, you don't have D lineman in the Mac like you would if you were playing against Miami yeah. or Florida state or Florida. Um, so it, it was different. And we, and I, I mean, we were giving up 25 sacks <laughs> in 14 games, 11 games, 23 sacks. Yeah. In six games, bad. we gave up nine sacks. The you know his final Again, year when he got with hurt. a quarterback with a quarterback who played on a broken leg, who probably isn't 100. percent And I, I went back, and, and it was funny because right before you made that <clears> post is when I, I we had Jimmy Smith on literally that week. And so to for, to prepare for that interview, I went in and I watched Jimmy Smith highlights, and that's what that we go back to everything happens for a reason. That's one of those things, man. I'm watching these highlights of Jimmy, and I'm like, man, he was so good. And then I'm looking, and I'm like, look, that's Byron getting smacked in the mouth mm-hmm. and throwing the ball 70 yards on a dot to Jimmy yep. Smith and in tight coverage, not wide open, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. No, he's got to drop it right over the shoulder, and he's making mm-hmm. these incredible throws. And I'm just thinking to myself, and I thought this then, but I'm just thinking to myself, man, we had our guy. We just didn't have the system for him to succeed. I've, I'm a firm believer that we have far more uh, poor alignment, so to speak, when it comes to coaches and players lining up. Guys get drafted to not necessarily bad programs, but the wrong situation, and that mm-hmm. that's what gets this bust label thrown around or this unsuccessful, he just wasn't good. No, no, no. <laughs> this guy didn't all of a sudden become bad. Byron no. Leftwich didn't go from being a Heisman candidate, one of the greatest at that time, to coming in and just being a bad quarterback. No, sir. I mean, you look at his numbers. He had 3,000 yards in his rookie season. Uh, he comes in 3,000 yards, 16 touchdowns. Again, with poor blocking, he got sacked 19 times, and that was in 13 games that he started. I mean, he came in and produced numbers like that. Another 3,000-yard season the following year in 2004, 15 touchdowns, and we were a team that ran the hell out of the ball. So he was able to do that, 60% completion rating. Again, sacked 25 times in 14 games. He was getting smacked around. Imagine if Byron Leftwich went to New England. Imagine if Byron Leftwich went to Indianapolis. Indianapolis. I'm about to say Indianapolis. You telling me Peyton Manning's big, slow ass? (laughs) You really? We're going to talk about speed. Peyton Manning looks like a member of the Geek Squad. He out here selling computer parts. He can't run to save his life, but he has time. Never got touched. Never. You know, something I never thought about. 
never crossed my mind. Um, and again, I've never really thought about why Byron wasn't successful. But like I said, at Marshall, when we were in the huddle, we called the the formate formation and we called the snap count. That's it. You as an offensive lineman, we came to the line of scrimmage and it was either Byron's going to in the cadence. He's going to tell us we're running the ball and what running play we're going to do, or he's going to signal his hot routes. And and I wonder if going to the NFL and, and, and you know, just from reading articles, how these NFL coaches are there, it's their way or nothing. Uh-huh. You know, and I think I think Belichick does a good job of changing everything he does. But um, and again, I'm not a fan, but just what little bit I watch. I, right. My favorite. We brought up uh, Peyton Manning. My favorite game to watch is Peyton Manning versus Ray Lewis. Mm-hmm. There's so much shit that goes on in the line of scrimmage versus those <laughs> that yeah. that your that your layman, your fans don't understand what's going on. Yeah. But but going from our system to where Byron would walk up to the line of scrimmage and honestly do everything from the line of scrimmage. I'm talking anything he wanted is what is what we did. Now the coaches coached him up that you know if you got a three technique we're going to run this play, but if if, if the linebacker or the safe if the safeties walk down we're going to throw it. You know, like I mean, everything was in his power. So then you take that to, and I'm not going to say money. Money didn't change who he was as an athlete, but you take that to now I'm making money, and it didn't change him as a person. I, that's not what I was not what I'm saying. But me personally, if if I'm in charge and I'm the I'm I'm the leader of this team and I'm making the offensive calls for the biggest part, and now I'm going into a system where we're in the huddle and they're saying this is the play we're running regardless, mm-hmm. it's going to yeah. be challenging. You know, so, and, and, and talk about how we were blocked. And, and I'm, I heard, did both of you guys play offensive line? I played yeah. offensive line. Jay played a little, a little defensive line more. So. Okay. Yeah. As, as offensive lineman and, and at Marshall, we would come up to line of scrimmage and he was so smart that he, of course, studying film, we would know that they're blitzing somebody, but he would throw a hot route to take care of that blitz and not make an offensive lineman block him. So the offensive lineman ha- can account for someone else. Hmm. And it was, I mean, when I next level, it was next freaking level, man. And like, even if we'd come up to the line of scrimmage and the two linebackers, you know, dicking around like they're going to blitz and he would say, step, take 54. Don't worry about the other one. And that's actually how he broke his leg. He came up to the line of scrimmage, called Mike, told the running back. The running back was um, Brandon Carey, I think. He was a real small, skinny little running back. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Carey was supposed to block the, uh, the, uh, the wheel linebacker. And they both blitz. Center blocked one. Carey being too undersized, try to cut the linebacker. The linebacker dove, and his helmet hit him in the shin. Now again, it's not the running back's fault. It just happens. Right. It's a freak thing to happen. Mm-hmm. It was next level how he how much control he had. And you think? I mean, think about in the huddle we would have run check. That was the play call. Mm-hmm. We would get the line of scrimmage and we would wait for Byron. We would it. And it, it's funny too because like going back and watching, I watched some of the games. My kids like watching the ESPN games and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like the offensive line before we even like, you know, I'll get down and get set, but our guards and tackles aren't even in stance because they're waiting to know if the place a pass or a run because they're going to be in a two point stance or with their hand down. Uh-huh. And it's, it's all at the line of scrimmage. And it wasn't this new age college stuff looking over at coach and coach telling me what play, because that's what they're doing in, in today's college game. Mm-hmm. They get up, see what the defense is doing, and then they're signaled in from the sideline. This yeah. was this was before technology. You know, so right. I, I, I really think that maybe, maybe it was the system. You know, maybe yeah. he didn't have someone that trusted what he. Did. Um, talk about strong arms too, just because you brought it up. What about the hefty lefty? You recognize that name? 
Oh yeah, Darren Lorenzo oh, yeah. for sure. Darren Lorenzo. Yep. Yep. Darren Lorenzo the strongest arm I've ever seen in my life. And you'll appreciate this story being a sports fan. So in Kentucky, we played against Fort Thomas Highlands. Jared and I were the same age. Semifinals of state, I sacked Jared four times. That's how I almost got a UK told me to come to UK, not on scholarship, but don't worry about paying for it. And this was UK got a bunch of recruiting stuff. Um, Claude Bassett, you can Google Claude Bassett, but he um he got in a, he was the one that told me to come to come to UK. Don't worry about paying for college. It'll be taken care of. And it just seemed, it seemed shady. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. And um, Hal Mummy was the head coach and I didn't, my, me and my dad and Hal Mummy didn't click. Right. So Darren Lorenzo, we played in high school together. We played in the Kentucky, Tennessee all-star game together. Okay. And we became friends just because, you know, we competed with each other. The Kentucky, Tennessee all-star game was at Neyland stadium. Mm-hmm. The, the receivers wouldn't catch balls from Jared because he was trying to break their fingers. He was being a total dick. He was slinging it. So I went out, and again, he's huge. I said, yo, I'll pass with you, but if you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you, you know, talking smack. So we're throwing the ball, throwing the ball, and, of course, he's left-handed. He said, Steph, you want to see something cool? I said, yeah, you know, go ahead, show off. He got on one knee on the 50-yard line in Neyland Stadium and hit the T of the crossbar of the field goal, the upright, three times in a row on a rope. Now think about that. 60, 60 yards, on, and I'm yeah. not talking about loving it. I'm talking about a rope. And we're all like, ah, hooping and hollering, and all the receivers are going wild. And a news reporter actually pushed me out of the way to get to him. Like, hey, we're trying, <laughs> we're trying to talk to Jared. Can you please move? Oh, <laughs> but he, he, he and Byron had by far the two of the strongest arms. Chad, had, Chad was finesse. Chad was – shoot, Chad still has stats for completion per, um, percentages in the NFL. You yeah. Know, but – I think our system and go back on it. Like I really think he was good. He was great, but maybe it was a sit. Like our our coach was one of the winningest coaches in the ninety, Bob Pruitt. You know, and mm-hmm. may, maybe it was a system. And once he got to a different system, it was hard to adjust. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I know. I I hate how they try to change everybody. You know, Tim yeah. Tebow. Tim Tebow could have played quarterback and win games. He showed us he could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let him do what he let him do what he does. But well, it comes it, down to it comes down to system. I mean, look at it. If you take Lamar Jackson and you put him on uh, on uh, Indy or, or, right. or New England or Pittsburgh, it, it doesn't work. It works in Baltimore because they drafted Lamar Jackson and they didn't say, "Hey, Lamar, come do come fit my offense." They said, "Let's no, build around we're you." We're build around you because they don't run the same offense they ran with Joe Flacco. Let's mm, be but- honest. No, <laughs> they changed it completely. They saw what Lamar could do and mm-hmm. they built around Lamar. <laughs> And they don't do that in other places. You know, they, they bring you in. They did it last year in Jacksonville. It happened. Gardner Mitchell, they expected him to do things that he was not able to do. You're talking about a guy who's 6'1", 6'2", on a good day. He's not climbing the pocket. He's not supposed to. He's supposed to get out here and and roll out, moving pockets, get around. Completely different. So it, it I don't like it either, and I think that's what Byron was a victim of. And when yep. you look at – what you're saying, it makes total sense. I mean, when you take a guy who goes out there, and it makes it makes total sense beyond just the initial thought process. Because look at what he is now. Look at the level of mind he, you know, football IQ he has, and the, his ability to. He's one of the brightest young offensive coordinators in the game. And that's be, you know, you go back and look. It doesn't surprise me at all to know that he was at the line of scrimmage, dissecting the defense and calling a play, Peyton Manning style. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely, man. Well, Joey, tell us what you got going on, man. You said you're doing the magic stuff and whatnot. So tell the people where they can find you, what you've got going on. You give can, us give us the news. You can Google Joey Step Magic and find me on any platform. I do um 
my passion is to perform. I'm actually a school counselor. That's I got a master's degree. And again, blessed that I ended up at Marshall, paid for three semesters of school, ended up with a free master's degree. Unbelievable. Like my, my little country bumpkin ass from Kentucky would have never went to college if it wasn't for um, football. First time I flew on a plane was because I played for Marshall. You know, now I've flown yeah. all over the country. Um, but I, I do scared to play for, get on the Marshall plane. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, man? Hey, I'm terrified. No, but hey, no, Ken. Ken, I don't know how much I, we're, I've talked a lot. Hold on. We got Jay, Jay not allowed to be on here no more. What? No, no, Jay, no, you no. can't say that, Jay. Bro, let me tell you. Like, I'll, I'm going to send you the clip. So, so you got to understand when we flew, <clears throat> Marshalls were still successful because of coaches and, and, and we know who we are. Okay. Like our motto, what we stole it from Penn State, we are Marshall. Mm -hmm. Our coach did a good job of explaining who we are. Now, again, Ken, we talked about things happen for a reason. You know, they if you ever watch the We Are Marshall movie, it's true that they wasn't going to reinstate football. If mm -hmm. they don't reinstate football, I don't end up at Marshall. I don't meet my, my then wife, my now ex-wife, and have two kids. Mm -hmm. right? So I, I have to thank everybody. They called it the Young Thundering Herd. It gives me chills to think about. But, like, I'm here because of them. You know, and, and, it, and, and it's, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of like – cliche-ish or whatever the word that I'm looking for is. But seriously, if Marshall football doesn't have a program, do we know who Byron Leftwich is? Byron exactly. wasn't recruited in high school. That's how Marshall, like we were the winningest team in the nineties because our coaches found people like Chad Pennington who wasn't recruited. But the plane crash stuff, when we flew on planes, you better believe that the seniors stood up and made sure everybody's um, smart devices are turned off. Because mm -hmm. again, back then they told you to turn your cell phones off and they would yeah. smack you if it wasn't turned off because we were terrified. We came back, I told you I played against Julius Peppers. Um, we came back from North Carolina, and I promise you, our, our Huntington, the big city in Huntington where Marshall is, the airport's one of the smallest airports in the country, and we're, we're charter planes, huge charter planes. And we have to come down and hit, like they slam it and then put it in reverse. The plane came down and hit and turned sideways. And oh, it turned fun, sideways man. so much that we took off again and circled back around. Now, you don't think we all about shit ourselves? Oh, uh, yeah. No, fuck. You know what I mean? I, I, um, it's, it's funny, Jay. Your name's Jay, right? I'm, yeah. I'm, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, the person that I, I did, I had two shows today, three hours away. And one of the people that hired me brought me a newspaper article from 1970, November 16th, 1970. And it's an article about the plane crash. And the way the plane crashed is going down to try to land so they can put it in reverse. They hit the treetops, which pushed them into the mountain. Mm. But it's it, it. I mean, it's a huge part of my life, and it sucked flying. You know, one it sucked being my first flight with the football team. Yeah. Um, but we even played. You think the game that we came back thirty-eight to eight, um, Byron senior year, we're losing thirty-eight to eight at halftime. We were playing ECU. That's the team that they were playing when the plane crashed. Mm. That stuff went. Um, God, I really shouldn't say this. Uh, give Give me two more minutes, Ken. I know I've rambled. Oh, you're good. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going to say this about highly recruited football players. I'm going to say it different than I, than I was. I know a guy who was highly, highly recruited, not highly recruited of college, but highly scouted um, NFL players. With all this stuff, people getting in trouble, I had a teammate that had a tripod sitting at the foot of his bed. Mm -hmm. Okay, Not to record it, but mm -hmm. the women, you look at what Jay Watson's going through. The women had to sit down and say, my name's Susie. I know that I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's how smart, how next level, yeah, you know what I mean? And here, my, not that I had an NFL career, but here I'm in the bar doing what I'm doing. I could have been yeah. in all kinds of trouble, mm -hmm. but you know, some people are just different level. You know? Right. 
No, that definitely makes sense. That's, that's, that's we, very talk, smart. we talk about that all the time, man. Now it's it's a different world, man. We're living in a completely different world now than we were. And um, they have, they have, the, they, have the, uh, they have the consent app. Right. <laughs> you can sign that's, that's a that's a app? Yeah, they have a consent app. They do for sure. I'm I'm like old and lame and married now, so you know, I don't know about these things. Good for you. Hey, I'm being nosy, but where you guys from? Where do you live? I'm out of Duval. He's in Duval. I just yeah, moved out to the Midwest. I relocated. I'm out in Illinois right now. Probably gonna move back. I, I don't Where, know. Duval's in Florida. Where's Duval? Yeah, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'll be yeah. in. I'll be in Kissimmee um, on Saturday. Oh yeah. You better don't 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 wear nothing with sleeves on it. Uh, or do you know protect yeah, yourself from the sun? Or I don't know. You're gonna have to shower three times a day while you're there. You're a big guy. I'm a big guy. It's That's hard. the why I moved out of Jacksonville. When I got out here to you know Wisconsin, Illinois area, I fell in love. I moved. Right. I came here for a week in August. I went to Wisconsin State Fair. I didn't sweat that entire week while I was here in August. And I said, you know what? I want to move here because right. I don't like sweating that much. Yeah. Uh, but now, as I say that, I sit in this big, beautiful house on the river with a. No central air. That's the thing out here. You have houses that don't have air conditioning. So what? I'm sweating right now. I went to like kindergarten to third grade in Kissimmee. And then we came back to Kentucky. But we're, of course, we're I'm taking my girlfriend and I are taking the kids to Disney and that stuff. We go to Florida all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. got to. And that's uh, crazy yeah, about that. Uh, the movie, uh, we got a friend. She was an extra in that movie, too. And we are Marshall. Was she was she a student at Marshall or she just she got hired? She a, uh, I think she she lived she lived there. I don't know if she was a student or okay. not. She might have been, but uh, she's from West Virginia, so yeah, she was. Uh, Bro, she lived. Yeah, she went to school. If, yeah. if you still talk to her, you got to remember. You got to ask her if she's ever been to the bar Stumblers. Stumblers. Think of being drunk and stumbling. If she's ever been to that bar, we've met one another. I'm that gonna was, ask. I'm gonna ask Bree if she's been to Stumblers. And if Wait, she, Bree, Bree. Yeah, Bree. You know she's from West Virginia. Oh no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Now you talk about a small world. If Bree tells you, "Yeah, I know him. He used to do magic tricks and flip bottles." That's how mm -hmm. small the world is. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Again, everything happened for a reason. For sure, for sure. <laughs> man, Joey, I appreciate you for coming on, man. Like I said, this is you know one of my favorite interviews thus far. I was getting to talk with you about this. I was a big Byron guy. The moment will forever live on as one of the most historical moments in college football history. Just to speak with somebody who was a, a part of it, you know, played an integral role in it. It's awesome, man. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show. For sure, man. Um, and I look forward to watching the other episodes. I'm going to share it on Facebook, get you some traction. Awesome, man. We appreciate it. That is Joey Stepp, former Definitely offensive lineman out there with the University of Marshall, former teammate of Byron Leftwich. He carried Byron through that crazy game in Akron, man. It's just, that was dope. I'm fanboying right now. Just because that was cool as hell. No, it definitely was dope, that man. That was cool. I told you. It was, didn't I tell you? I called, listen, I called Jay. I said, Jay, I got that, boy. I got a guess. This was going to be fun. And I, I played the guessing game like we do with UCF Jag. Like, mm -hmm. okay, so he was a part of one of the most historic moments in college football. I knew damn well he didn't know who the hell Joey Stepp was. But the point is, I got a lineman that was carrying Byron up and down the field, somebody who could really speak to, to Byron's character and leadership. And you just got to see a whole different a whole different element. And not only Byron Leftwich, but college football in general, the game that time, uh, the trenches at that time. And just Joey Stepp's story alone is, is pretty awesome. I mean, it, <laughs> it really is. is.
Shout out to those of you who stay tuned in and watching, man. We really appreciate it. Flareon Flair said that was dope for sure. They like it. Look, everybody, everybody love the interview. Look at the fans. I love y'all. Man, so y'all already know, man. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. Of course, we are on Twitter. That's Minuteal Pod. On Instagram, that's Minuteal Podcast. YouTube, Minuteal Podcast. Twitch, Minuteal Podcast. Facebook group, Minuteal Podcast. Oh, by the way, speaking of groups, don't let me forget the New Era Jaguars. That's a dope group, man. If you're, if you're a Jaguar fan, you're not in the New Era Jaguars group. You're doing it all wrong. I'm telling you the truth. You're doing it all wrong. So make sure you hop on there and get in that New Era Jags group. Dave Cicero, that's the homie. Uh, the other chick that be running the page, we don't fuck with her. But, hey, Dave Cicero, that's the man right there, my inside source for all of that there. <laughs> Let's give another shout-out to the sponsors. CG, our group of talented designers, can take your ideas and create something special. Been needing to wrap your vehicle to promote your business? Or maybe creating new business cards to stand out in your field? Maybe you're looking to create a memorable gift for a friend. Call us today and speak with a member of our staff and let us handle your vision so you can focus on what's important. Call 904-771-5855 or visit mcg247.com for more information. We got the fire on the 904 Printing, your one-stop shop for all your printing needs. Flyers, business cards, banners, apparel, and more. 904 Printing has got you covered. Call for a quote today, 904-392-2139. Or visit us online at 904printing.com. 904 Printing, we're just better, duh. <laughs> Look at those boys right there. Look at those boys right there. Oh, my God. Look at those boys right there. They look like some dogs. Mm-hmm. Look like some dogs. I appreciate every single one of you for tuning in tonight. I, man, I don't Definitely. know, man. I had I had a blast on this show. Special guest Greg Huntington, we appreciate him for coming on, man. And that was a hell of an interview. Beautiful. Uh, shout out to, to QB1 Ty Jackson for getting through a segment without technical difficulties for the most part. Shout out to Joey Stepp, former Marshall offensive lineman. He came in and gave us just some gold, man. Overall gold. This is probably one of my favorite episodes yeah, thus far. Yeah. It just so happens to be <clears throat> lineman-centric. So, you know, Cloud9 Vibes is the official apparel sponsor of the Men in Teal podcast. We have our own apparel on sale <clears throat> now. Make sure you go to c9vibes.com. And click the Men in Teal link uh, in the drop down. And you can get yourself one of these dope ass shirts. This is the Jimmy Smith shirt there, the Protect the Brand shirt. That'll be sent out to Jimmy tomorrow. I just spoke with them. They'll have that shipped out to Jimmy tomorrow. So go ahead and get you a shirt like Jimmy. For sure, that go to Urban Legend <laughs> shirt with the six fingers for the six rings. Yes, sir. And then we got, of course, the Trevor Lawrence hoodies, Trevor Lawrence T-shirts, all of the above. Just make sure you go to C9Vibes.com and click on the Men in Teal link so you can get yours today. 
Hell of a show, man. I appreciate all of y'all for tuning in. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, notification button, share button. Do it all. Let's get it out there because nobody keeps it till as fuck like we do. I am your host, the Hot Take Hooligan Agent K. That is the cannabis analyst, Mr. Stone, while he's rolling, Agent J. And we are out of here.